Before we get started on this episode of Real Nerds Podcast, remember you can connect to the Real Nerds in many ways. You can follow us on Twitter at Real Nerds. You can go to our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can like us on Facebook. You can also call us 720-6NERDS5. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast at Denver Comic-Con. Log on to denvercomiccon.com to get your tickets. Pay very close attention. The Stanley tickets will be available very soon. I did see the prices. It is $100 to get your picture and an autograph with Stanley. And you can also log in to win tickets to... Uh, I know. <laughs> so, Kellen's not here this week, but your wife is. <laughs> Um, you can log on to Denver Comic Con. They are giving away a few Stan Lee uh, VIP packages, which cool. include a picture, an autograph, and a meet and greet with him. So awesome. um, make sure you stay uh, – the best way to stay in touch with Denver Comic Con is like I'm on Facebook, and you'll get, you'll get all the news from them. Which package are you going to do? Um, I'm going to do the picture one. Are you? Yep. Man. So that's what, 300 bucks? It's 100 I think. <sighs> I think it's three hundred for that and an autograph and something else. I guess I should just I should just jump and I mean meet Stanley. And yeah, right. I? Come on, guys. Like, there's never a, gonna cha- be try another to chance. Get at least do a no. cell phone of. Your I'm gonna have him yeah. say you're listening to Real Nerds podcast, Excelsior. That's my goal. I need better. I paid in, hundred in life. <laughs> yeah, man. He seems like he's affable. I think he'll be all right. Yeah, I'm sure he'd be right? fine. Yeah, I don't know why he wouldn't do it. Yeah, why wouldn't he? Maybe he's an asshole. I don't know. I've never I met doubt him. That. <laughs> he loves it. You know what? He's his biggest fan. He said it many times. And while I'm there, when ask him to come on my show, I don't care. Yeah. Look, he's going to say no to me? Uh, yeah. <laughs> he can, and that's fine. <laughs> you know what? With that attitude, I would never got Michael Uslin. And you know what? That's true. He told me, if you have an opportunity, you kick that door down. That's right. So you're going to kick Stan Lee? <laughs> no, I'm going to have the opportunity. He'll be right next to me. I'll say, do you mind coming on my show? How yeah. long are you going to be here? I will come to your booth. If you have a break and you don't mind talking for 10 minutes. I will come to your hotel we'll in the middle of the night. I want to ask you a Spider-Man questions. Yeah. I'm sure he wants to talk about Spider-Man. Yeah. He's only been doing it for 60 years. <laughs> yeah. That's because he's no. a genius. It, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, I, like, I can't wait to... I, I can't see the guy not being like, no. open to talk about Spider-Man ever. Yeah. No. And I mean, yeah. I, see, here's the thing is, man, I, I... Good news, bad news, getting a new job. Is my schedule is four days a week. And I get three days off a week, obviously, and one weekend day. Yeah. And I'm hoping that when I'll I'll be in tra- I'll still be in training at this point, so they're going to train me Monday through Friday. Because um, I I know some of my friends are starting to get jobs. Right. And right now their jobs are like eight to five because you have to do a lot of classrooms still, and um, basically you go learn about the city you're working in, and then you learn, uh, you have classrooms, learn the codes and all that stuff. And basically, your first 12 weeks on the job is, hey, you're going to spend about half your time in classroom, the other time you're going to be out patrolling. So, um, And, you know, it's usually the most senior officers are the ones that train you. <laughs> They're not working weekends. So, um, you know, that that when that happens, when I finally get out of training, then I'll be working, you know, midnight to 10 in the morning <laughs> on the weekends. But... At the beginning, hopefully. But if not, I will still be there for one day and as much as I can. I was going to say, like, uh, you, you kind of need to know which day so you can pick the package because yep. he's probably only doing that for one day. 
Uh, I heard he's there all weekend, so yeah, we'll see. Anyways, I'll try. Buy it. What? Whatever. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it It'll out. It'll be all right. Um, or you just won't sleep for a few days. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> While you're sleep, starting a new sleep's job. Sleep's overrated. Yeah. Um, you know what's cool about Denver? No, tell me. Besides being the Mile High City, well, it's yeah. the home of the Super Bowl champion Denver Broncos. Oh, did that happen? It did. Oh, okay. We also have the coolest movie theater ever. We do. And that is the Denver slash Littleton LMO Draft House. It is. All right, I'm rolling. Hello. Welcome to the Alamo Draft House. There is no basement at the Alamo Draft House, but there are movies, and we're about to play one for you right now. But before we do, we just wanted to make a couple of announcements. Please turn your cell phones off. I'm just going to call her. People trying to concentrate. Uh, they don't need people texting or calling. Really? Put Ray on the phone. Please, please. make no sound while the film is in, hey, in process. No, I'm in a movie right now. It is a completely no, boneheaded... Is, you can't hear what I'm saying because the guy next to me is being to entirely do. too loud. Unbelievable. Okay. K-E-A-N-U. Send me a text telling me you got the Instagram, then I'll Instagram you, I'll text you back. And then after I finish that text, can you just call to confirm that you got the text, that you got the Instagram? It's a really important call. Would you turn that off? I can't at this moment. I know I paid $12 of my own money, but I'm going to talk on the phone and disrupt the screen if you don't mind. Sir, can I just tell you something? And this is not my place, and this is untoward, but I'm going to say it anyway. Yeah. You need to eat more food. Okay. Well, now you can't see the movie at all. Your glasses fell off. <laughs> so this is what's playing this week, guys. In the mood with for love with John Powers. I don't know what that is. You know, know what's really cool about the Alamo is they always put things on. I'm like, what is that? And I have to go look it up, and I always want to go do what they're doing. Oh, totally. Uh, the Army of Darkness quote along. All right. I could do that. I could sit there and watch the whole movie and repeat it verbatim. <laughs> right. You know what's funny is I still laugh at it. Yeah. Because I'm not as good as repeating it as Bruce Campbell is performing it. Right. So it's still great. Uh, the 30th anniversary of Blue Velvet. Ah, uh, yeah. Fantastic Feast presents a space program. So I want to really quickly say that I went and saw a feast this week. If you are like looking for something fun to do in your week, or or even better, if you've never been to an Alamo feast, you've got to go check these out. Oh yeah, out. they're awesome. They're so cool, and specifically the movie I went and saw, like they they did such an amazing job of pairing what we were eating with what was on screen, and like and not just like oh well, like this drink looks like the thing that's on the screen, but also like some of the foods that they may not have been eating at the same time, like it gave you the atmosphere and sort yeah. of made your like felt kind of like the, the aura of the film. It was such a cool yeah. experience. Uh, you'll, you'll talk about it later. I'll, I'll just relay my Friday the 13th one is so the, the salad was like a, a strawberry salad with balsamic vinaigrette. Mm -hmm. So summary, um, the main course was a chili dog with onion rings. Yeah. And then the dessert was a s'more, so it's like a you know a camp out, right? And so that's how that's how cool they are. And they pair it with a beer, and yeah, um, I don't drink, so I gave my beer to the guy next to me. He was really happy about <laughs> it. Um, but Damn. yeah, it was it was fun. Uh, which one have you seen, Brad? Besides the turtle party, it's the the hard target. So we had jambalaya. Oh yeah, that's right. You talked oh, about yeah, last week. Right. See, yeah, so it's really smart, and the food at Alamo is really good. It is, um, man. One of the courses I had was just. A piece of rye bread with an avocado, salted avocado on it. It was really delicious. I wish man, the jambalaya a was cup on the of coffee. All the time. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh man. I wish. Yeah. Jambalaya is good. I guarantee. <laughs> um, 
Alien and Aliens double feature, which I heard sold out really fast. Yeah. Steve, so, ha- Steve asked me, like, oh, are you going to go to that? And I was like, ah, are you going to turn the sound off during Aliens? Because if not, uh, I don't think I can fun. watch it. I watch Aliens again. It's fun. Um, I just can't the, stand the dialogue. The beer dinner this week is Boogie Nights. So uh, yeah. another PTA movie. That would be cool. Um, mm. Graveyard Shift is Hatchet for the Honeymoon. Is that... Is the movie called Hatchet for the Honeymoon? Is Hatchet it, for the it, Honeymoon. Oh, okay. I thought maybe it was a Hatchet movie. Akira! Is also playing. Brief Encounter and the Denver Silent Film Festival is April 30th through May 1st. Oh, cool. Yeah. It's cool that, you know, ever since the artist, Silent Film is kind of making a return. I and... talked to a, this awesome guy this week um, who I got to go check out his stuff, but he's got a truck that he drives around Denver and he's got a projector in the back. And what he'll do is he'll project um super eight black and white or super eight silent films so they're movies that like it's like a short version of the wolfman or whatever that they made like as a promote promotion for super eight Mm -hmm. um and he'll project those then he'll play music along with them so you got like a 15 minute movie and some original music and he's projecting them in the back of his truck like it was a really cool idea um so you know go go check out some silent films and also it's the start of drive-in movie theater season I know oh, yeah. Brad likes that, so Brad, I'm sure you're going to tell us what we can look forward to. Yeah, actually, um, uh, since I'm kind of starting to pay more attention to like other things that are going around town, I was thinking of just adding a segment to the show where I bring up, like, here's the drive-in stuff. Um, look at Synergy, guys. That happens yeah. from doing this for six years. Why don't we add that segment? This is what's going on around town. We'll think of some clever name in the next few weeks. Go ahead, Brad. <laughs> Do you silence? No, it's okay. You're not going to create a thing for me? No, I probably will. Okay. Let's go. Anyway, it's, right, it's, right, it's right here. Okay, this is what's going on around town. We'll think of some clever name in the next few weeks. But <laughs> since information needs to be told today, uh, yeah, we'll start with the drive-in. So the drive-in, 88th and... Pecos? <laughs> it's it's way, way the fuck up north. It's I-25. Hang, Go east on 88th. It's like right there. Um, you'll get to it. Uh but the, it's an old-timey drive-in, and uh, they just reopened their, four, this, their 40th season this year. Um, and they start, started with, um, they've got uh, The Boss. Huntsman. The Huntsman, and... Um, uh, my Big Fat Group Wedding 2. Big Fat 2, yeah. That's not a bad thing, a little bit for everybody. Is it? Is it not? The Huntsman <laughs> is the first one, and then the middle one is The wedding, wedding, and then the last yeah. one is The Boss, because obviously Ron here. And it's 8 bucks. You can see all three movies for 8 bucks. They have... Uh, pizza specials, uh, all the great old timey popcorn, hot dogs, spicy pickles, soda, spicy candies. Pickles. Like it, it's it's an awesome time. Um, What's you can in... bring stuff if you want. If you don't want to buy stuff, they prefer you buy stuff, obviously. <laughs> but you are they are totally welcome to you bringing it in. Because well, uh, you know, cooler back then it, with, it's picnics. You know, yeah, yeah. it's a picnic. Bringing a football, toss it around. What's in a spicy pickle? Uh, they take a pickle and they just marinate it in different like flavors. So. Um, Peppers. Like, like nacho cheese Doritos? No. <laughs> not faux flavors. Uh, it's gross. Wait, it's not, it's not made by Taco Bell? I don't oh, eat them, man. so I, I don't remember, but I remember looking okay. at them and they had like three different, like, oh, those all feel like the, they're going to just destroy my system. So, <laughs> um, But cool. I didn't know you could cool. do that to peppers like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and cotton candy. And uh, they also sell like little glow sticks and mosquito repellent. So um, it is... It does rain. They will show the movie Rain or Shine. So if it rains, get, be ready for mosquitoes. Yeah. <laughs> Roll up those windows. Well, or rain. Also be ready for rain. Yeah. 
Cool. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so that's the drive-in. Check that out. I'll be going there as much as I can this summer. Um, then uh, Film on the Rocks uh, announced oh, yeah. their lineup and even the special one at the end. They usually leave that as a surprise for the end of the season. But mm-hmm. since they added Purple Rain to the beginning of the season early, um, they decided to announce the uh, end one. And that's going to be The Force Awakens. So I'm trying to get the whole list up here, but hang on. That's cool. Um, yeah. So May 12th, they're starting early with Purple Rain because, I don't know, something with Prince happened this week. Right. Um, May 23rd, they're going to, with the original start was going to be a Grease sing along. And they also pair these up with bands, but we're not the Real Music Podcast, so I won't read them. <laughs> <laughs> but they're, you know, probably local indie bands. Sure. Um, and some of them are com, they'll have like comedians, uh, introducing the shows. But May 23rd is Grease. May 30th is The Big Lebowski. June 15th is Citizen Kane. And that's going to be the 70, 75th anniversary of Red Rock's dedication. Cool. Very cool. Um, Ferris Bueller's Day Off is June 20th. July 11th is The Sandlot. 25th is, July 25th is, is Labyrinth. And August 23rd is Deadpool. And uh, September Ooh. 6th is Star Wars The Force Awakens. So huh. I'll be going to two of those. Deadpool and, and Star, Wars. Star Wars. Yep. Very cool. Cool. And then... Um, also this week, we announced that there's going to be a new film event at the Mutiny Information Cafe called the Subfilm Party Night. I saw that. Yeah. What is that? That is much like Open Screen Night used to be, where you go to the Oriental and drop a disc, and mm-hmm. we would just play it. Um, the new Open Screen Night, you kind of pre-program it. Like they send the files, and we put on all of them on a disc, and then adjust the levels and make sure everything's good. Uh, but yeah, open. Uh, Subfilm Party Night is going to go back to the old thing where like you can tr- just show up the night of with a disc and we'll play it. Cool. Um, and we're also opening up to if you don't make films, you can grab something cool you saw off the internet and put it on a disc and show it to everybody. Oh. And um, so I, I can go get like some sketches from SNL. Yep. And throw them up on. All right, great. As long as it's is the government listening? <laughs> it's free. So. Oh, there you go. Okay, mission. good. Like, yeah, no one's making right. any money, but we do encourage you to buy coffee and or books from the Mutiny Information Cafe while you're there. Sure. Um, and the submissions can only be one to five minutes long. Oh, okay. So, um, and if you want to bring two, one minute. So you can just, anything up to five minutes. Are there like winners? Do you... Um... We're not, we don't know about prizes yet. Okay, um, yeah. So uh, our biggest struggle is just getting people to show up. Right, absolutely. Um, That's cool. And where is this at? The Mutiny Information Cafe on South Broadway. I don't have the street on me, but... So South Broadway in Denver. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Very cool. Check that out. 7 p.m. May 10th. Every week, the real nerds go see a new movie, and we podcast our experience to the world. This week, we went and saw The Huntsman, A Winter's War? Or is it Winter's Tell? That's The Huntsman. Um, Stay tuned to the end of the show. We'll talk about that movie and spoil it. Uh, I'm Ryan. I'm with Brad and James. Yeah. I keep on forgetting that. Um, I'm James. That's okay. What? I, I pointed at Brad. <laughs> that's Brad. <laughs> no one can see. They can see me, pointing. dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this works. We also talk about movies we've been watching, movie news, movies that are coming out on Blu-ray. Um, yeah, we're a movie podcast. We like to have fun. Also, Uncharted Four is coming out in two weeks, and I'm really excited. Oh for man, it. <laughs> I really hope I don't have a job then. <laughs> and then they're re-releasing the Batman Arkham games on PS4. I'm really excited. Oh, really? So or then I can have um, all, all three of them together. I don't care about Origins. I played it and I was I was, like, I was literally just going to say, are, when you say three, that means it doesn't have Origins? Yeah. Okay, cool. Because I mean, it I wasn't have... made by Rocksteady, so. Shoot, because I already have, uh, is, it a, is it in a three-pack? Uh, no, it's in the two-pack. 
So you're going to get Arkham Asylum and Arkham City. Oh. With all the DLC. Oh, okay, great. So they're still selling Arkham Knight separate. Yeah. Because I already own that one on PS4. Yeah. So it's really just like a collection. It's, it's the yeah. Uncharted thing only for the Exactly. And they awesome. haven't like officially announced it, but there's a rating for it already. Yeah. And people found it. So um, I think they call it the Arkham Collection. Now the question is, is it going to work on the PlayStation 4 Neo? That's that's the hot <laughs> new, you know. Yeah. Actually, um, I, I shouldn't bring it up because we're going to have to talk about that when we get the news. So anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I want to play Star Fox. Yeah, I, I heard it's uh, I don't pretty hard. Yeah, because you have to control it with like you aim with the touch screen and you control the jet with yeah. on the TV. So you have to watch two screens at once. The the quick look I saw didn't describe that as hard. It described it as annoying and poorly designed. Mm. Um, so yeah, still like Star Fox though. I don't. Know. I never grew up. You know, I never had a Nintendo. So I no I've, ne- I've never touched a Star Fox game. Really? Yeah. If you ever bought Star Fox in the, like in the '90s, the first iteration, like in the manual and on the box, all the characters were like these puppets. Um, oh, they're like huh. they physically like built like marionettes mm-hmm. of those characters, and I was like, "Wow, who's look- your favorite? Mine's Slippy." <laughs> uh, probably Fox. Yeah, <laughs> but um, I was excited when I saw the commercials, and they basically took and made CGI versions of those. So they have like the real fur and everything. Yeah. Instead of like the the CGI rendered ones that they've had in the past iterations. Right. Yeah. Like they were more more cartoony. That's cool. Because like like with the Yoshi's Woolly mm-hmm. World and stuff, they have that like. And then have you seen thing. that game run though? It's super impressive. I bet. Um, I I used to love the old uh, Nintendo Paper Mario commercial. Did you guys remember that one? It is a Mario a Paper Mario cutout, and he was tied to like fishing string. Oh. And it kept you going, going Paper Mario, and he'd like go from bathtub and like undress. It's really funny, <laughs> um, just like the game. So yeah, cool. uh, I guess we'll start with movie news. Yeah. In other news, the Prime Minister of Sweden visited Washington today, and my tiny little nipples went to France. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell. I do the cha-cha like a sissy girl. Oh, it's the ghost of Stonewall Jackson. Everyone, it's the ghost of Stonewall Jackson. I like a do the cha-cha. I'm sorry, we seem to be having some technical difficulties. This is what it sounds like. Windows cry. So Prince died. He did. That's um, sad. That's too bad. Yeah, he was young. Yeah. So yeah, I guess just died in an elevator. Man, it's a bummer. I heard he had the flu. Was it like a Final Destination kind of thing? Elevator. Death? Yeah. I mean, he cheated death once, and so yeah. death finally caught up to him. Right. His head got caught in the door. <laughs> yeah. Is that too soon? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I mean it's actually. Oh, I mean, he was just literally in the elevator, and they found him like hunched over. Yeah. Um. And then also, Pat Oswald's wife died. Yeah. No way. I yeah, that. but she just died, died in her sleep. sleep. Oh, yeah. no. Yeah, it's sad. She was, yeah. I was reading about her. She was a true crime writer and she started truecrimediary.com. Wow. And uh, so, yeah, it's really sad. Yeah. Um, sad week. Well, and we also lost um, Guy Hamilton, who's the director of Goldfinger. Yep. Uh, though he was 93 years old. So, yeah, not, you know, not 46 like Pat Oswald's yeah. wife. Sad, but not as sad because you're like, good for him. Man, yeah. 93. Yeah. Yeah. So sad, sad week. I mean, I'm, I was never like the biggest Prince fan. Uh, yeah, me either. Um, I mean, I have his greatest hits and I like his music, but right. it's not, you know, right. It, it didn't affect me very much. Yeah. I, I like mean, I like watching other people cover Prince songs. Yeah. I saw some, I saw a, 
a like 16 minute long bluegrass version of Purple Rain. Nice. It was great. Oh man. I, there, there's a really fun version of Rod Stewart covering Peach. <laughs> that's hard to find because he never released it. Really? Um, it's like on a single. Huh. And the, there's a funny story. The reason he didn't release it is uh, when he was recording it in the studio, uh, a, there was a dog in the studio. His manager's dog was barking to the beat. Uh, so if you listen to the release single at the beginning, they left the dog in there and he's uh, barking to the beat. And so they, I mean, it's, it's an okay song, but yeah, it's like, you know, a hidden gem on the Stuart collection. Huh. Interesting. I, I saw some people being like, oh, so now uh, Weird Al can finally do a Prince parody. Um, and I was like, I'm pretty sure he'll still respect Prince's wishes. And yeah. yeah. Right. The, the one yeah. thing people don't know about Weird Al is he asks for permission. Yeah. He just doesn't do it because. Except yeah. for Amish Paradise. And that he did mistake. ask for permission. No, I know. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Coolio's an asshole. Yeah. I was thinking. He's like, the... I jumped to his defense. He did ask for permission. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's funny, I was thinking about it the other day, because there was that whole thing when, when Lady Gaga supposedly said no, and like the mm-hmm. whole internet turned against her, and I was like, well, this is kind of, like, she's allowed to say no, guys. I mean, yeah. she shouldn't, because it's a, come on. Well, wasn't it but the still. publicist first, and then she's yeah. like... Yeah, yeah, it was a miscommunication, yeah. but still. Um, and there's, it was just funny that, like... Oh, man, his song's better than mine. Well, and it, but I just mean, it, it's funny, because it's like, oh, yeah, no, he asked for, per, for permission, but you fucking better not say no. <laughs> Otherwise, the wrath of Al fans will come down oh, on that's you. That's right, they should. Yeah, it's true. Um, anyway. Uh, what other news yeah, we yeah. got? So, uh, well, I'll, I'll really quickly get the PlayStation 4 thing out of the way, because the only reason I'm bringing this up is that there's a whole lot of conversation about the fact that it, it sort of leaked this week that they're going to they're gonna release like, a, like an update to the PlayStation 4, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of questioning about whether or not when they do this, they're just going to go ahead and throw a 4K Blu-ray reader into this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it won't affect the games at all. Like, there's not actually a reason for them to do it other than it would be a really good opportunity for Sony to push 4K Blu-rays mm-hmm. and 4K TVs. And especially right now where the, the 4K TV prices are getting a lot more competitive. Like, it's probably a really good move. Um, they, I don't remember know. they did it for DVDs for PlayStation 2. Oh, yeah. I mean, when they... Well, and they did it for... Blu-rays. They did it for Blu-rays. Like, the truth is, it's almost like a... Like a like a Disney level, you know, when when they decide they're gonna push this thing with their console, that it's actually gonna happen. Um, I mean, I don't know that I'm like I certainly wouldn't replace my 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 I don't need to yet. my PlayStation Four with it, um, with the exception of if they if they decided if they announced that they were gonna do a patch and that Uncharted Four was gonna look better on on PlayStation Neo <laughs> than PlayStation, I might be like. Yeah, once I get a job, maybe I'll put some money away and I mean, buy a new console. They can, I mean, they can only do so much because, I mean, no, basically yeah. right now the 4K just runs faster. Well, and, I mean, the the, the limitations of, of basically, like, any game that they put out has to run on both the old console and the mm-hmm. new console. So that means that any game they put out has to be on a regular Blu-ray. Yep. So the only benefit to them doing this is if you do it cuz they they have said the new the new console will output at 4K mm-hmm. um so the only benefit to it is that you would get 4K Blu-ray players into people's homes a lot faster yeah. right um but i just don't know if it's i know there's another art thing that where the i forget what game company asked sony about the PlayStation 5 they said we don't know if there's going to be a PlayStation 5 right i mean there's going to be well, a PlayStation 5 it might not be i mean the the market's just changing a lot and i i think that what they're doing is I'm very much on board with it. Oh yeah, no, what I think it's I think it's the right idea for yeah, sure. Yeah, like where where they're going is an Apple model of a a sort of TikTok 
design where you release a PlayStation 4, a few years later you release a more upgraded one, you don't really expect anybody to upgrade from one to the next until you get to the the, yeah. the next tick. Yeah, that's the, what I the mean. The PlayStation like, 5. I mean, there's technically you know. going to be a PlayStation 5. It just it's going to I think it's coming a different way. I think yeah. it's just cuz I mean Microsoft was talking about it too where right. you're just yeah, it's like iPhones. Yeah, there might be an iPhone 6, but oh, wait, a year and a half, you get iPhone 6S. Yeah. And that's it and still it, runs the stuff, but it's just going to be a better performing system. It's also driven by a change in the way that actual hardware is built and how mm-hmm. it's priced in that it's cheaper for them. Like, it makes a lot more fiscal sense yeah. for them to actually produce a, a faster model than to continue making the old hardware that was in the old units eight years after that hardware oh, yeah, is out of date, right? Like they have to keep those factories running and doing stuff that they don't want to do mm-hmm. where it's cheaper for them to just be like, well, we'll put new hardware in this and make it faster. Um, but anyway, it's just interesting. It makes it me like as a, as a Blu-ray collector, like it, it does make me start to actually take those 4k releases that are in our, in, in our feed every week. It, it actually makes me take pause at those and go, well, yeah, I'm still waiting. I mean, I read, you know, I read reviews on Blu-ray.com all the time, yeah. and they've said the 4Ks aren't even worth it. Right. Um, so, I mean, I'll wait. And and the one problem for me is, like, if I buy it, uh, of course, I haven't, now, now I want to go look at it when we get to, to Blu-rays. Like, do the 4K versions also have a normal Blu-ray in them? They do. Okay, good. Well, if that's true, then then there is a world in which I might start. Oh, yeah. Even without a 4K TV, I might start buying 4K Yeah, I mean, Blu-rays. it's not necessary yet. Um, no. But, you know, I, I like I do with the movies I really want. Uh, like right. 3D, like the Pixar movies, I buy in 3D. Yeah. The Even though you don't movies. have a 3D TV, yeah. it's just like, well, I mean, because I'm pretty sure eventually I might. I don't know. Yeah. I think they're kind of going away from 3D, but. I know, yeah. Um, but whatever. Uh, Options anyway. always there. Yeah. Um, so it sounds like Michael Keaton's not going to be in Spider-Man. No, who cares? Um, Tell me who is going to be. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. That's right. <laughs> but that that feels to me like that was an obvious thing. Like, Well, he wasn't under contract, so they had to. Yeah, but it's Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's a thing is. Uh, he, I think he plays coy all the time because if you've noticed the last three or four Avengers and Iron Man movie, right. he's saying, oh, well, I'm not under contract. Right. And they're like, okay, well, you're going to do it, right? Yeah. yeah, I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> well, and they're also going to throw enough money at him that he's going to be like, well, do yeah, I still I mean, love money? Yeah. Yes, I do. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's, and you know, uh, now people are saying, well, now we know he doesn't die in civil war or uh, does he? And no, he's still, we don't know that. Yeah, like, maybe it's still a babe, yeah you realize that this character hasn't been in a like this is the first full film they're gonna have yeah it it could be an origin where you learn like where he got his mask that has some super awesome tony stark robot stuff in it uh it's funny because i saw a commercial i was watching a commercial with somebody today and they were like i don't understand why spider-man is on iron man's side and i said really because he's a teenager and he's got like some super sophisticated eye goggle thingies there like i'm pretty sure i know exactly why he's on Tony stark's side well but of course in, in the comics, there's a good chance he, he's changed sides. Yeah, he looks up to Tony Stark because yeah. they're both scientists. So if you take yeah. a Peter Parker who's younger and he's a budding scientist and he sees Tony Stark develop stuff, I mean, he's going to gravitate towards him. And his purpose in the movie, along with Black Panther, is to uh, provide us with an outsider's view of this whole exactly. conflict, right? Because we've always been watching these movies as. Like, oh, yeah, we want them to go fight all these guys. And you need those people from the outside to go like, yeah, but you guys are also terrible. Like, you guys keep fucking up everything. You know, if you were a kid living in New York, you probably don't actually think the Avengers are that cool. Like when they come running down the street to save your life, you're like, oh, shit, my neighborhood's going to hell. (laughs) Right. You know, they're not Daredevil who basically just beats up like tenement buildings. (laughs) Like, you know, 
Um, anyway, uh, also yeah. as we uh, we also learned that Sherlock Holmes three is yeah. is probably going to get made. That's fun. Um, I love those movies. They're fun. Yeah, I, I'm I'm down with that. I yeah. I hope it's better than like Game of Shadows is cool, but I love that first one. I want mm-hmm. one like that. That's what I want. My money's um, still on Captain America dying. What? My money's still on Captain America dying. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. I re- I I honestly like I wouldn't put money anywhere. I I just don't know. I don't know that his story is over. Like, like Iron Man's story is over. I could, uh, you know, I can see them killing Iron Man. I think it means more to kill Cap. Um, but I, I really think that there is more to talk about that. There's more th- things to do with that character. You know, like as a, as a hero, as a leader, like it would be interesting if you had, a, if you had a, a Black Panther movie, I would, I think it would be cool to go put him in the Black Panther movie. Um, I don't. Yeah, I. I would. I think I would rather they kill Iron Man. You'd rather, but I think they're still going to kill Captain America because I think it'd be a good catalyst going into Infinity War. Yeah. Like. Uh, yeah, but so would I. I mean, Iron Man in the in the Marvel Cinematic Universe has become such a leader. Yeah. You know, he's like the he's the he's the Fox's version of the X Men. Like he's Wolverine to Cyclops, right? So um, even though. Captain Cap is really supposed to be the leader, you know. It ends up being Tony Stark most of the time. Yeah, you could you could switch that around. But he's such a draw. Yeah, but he's not going to stay in it forever, right? Like, but he's still he is draw. he is at the end, and 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 story like character wise, which is what they've always been really good about keeping at the forefront. He is really um, he's really kind of done. You know, I, I watched an amazing video this week, which I already knew all of this, but um, where this guy was talking about the fact that like Cap in the MCU is actually kind of a, a pretty broken. He was he was going so far as to say like he's kind of an asshole, and I was like, ah, it's not that, but you know, he is this like very lost warmongering kind of a guy. Um, he doesn't mean to, but the fact that in in Avengers two, like his his vision of hell is just a flashback to if he had survived World War II and they're all at a dance and the war's over. And that's it. Like, he, he's this guy who can't can't exist without there being a war. And that's a really fascinating thing to explore um, that I don't think that they've really put put a put an end to. Maybe this movie is that, right? Like, that, that's the thing we don't know. Did he die in the comics? Yeah, he did. Yeah. Uh, at the end of it. At the yeah, end of right, it. right, yeah, and not even really in Civil War as in Captain America twenty five. But but still, my point is like they are two different things, and I I agree with you. Like that's what everybody expects. I for me, like looking at it from a character perspective, I still I have no idea what they're gonna do because it could be this is the movie that really you know ties a bow on Cap and says like no we're done. Um, and if so, cool. Um, but I I want more Captain America movies more than I want more Iron Man movies. Yeah, I love Robert Downey Jr. Oh no no no! I think <laughs> I think Robert Downey Jr. is in the same boat. I, yeah, I, he's, I think like, he's Man... said he's not going to do an Iron Man four. Right, like Iron Man. Oh yeah, he has. I, Iron Man three is an awesome end to that character. It's in the wrong place. Like the truth is, if you could go back, you'd, you'd release Iron Man three like now, you know. Um, but either way. Uh, anyway, getting back to news. Uh, well, we'll stay on the same subject. Um, Inhumans has been taken off of the Marvel schedule. Yeah, I'm not um, surprised. Not a, yeah, not I, a big deal. I, you know, that was one where you know people would say Doctor Strange or something like that. That one's hard to pull off. Well, and the, the Inhumans, and they're already doing it in Shield. So. Right. So I don't know that anybody has said this, but there's a part of me that wonders. Hey, does this mean that like are you guys going to cancel Shield in the next year? Like, is is Shield not doing that well, and you're kind of done with it? Because 
if if the whole idea of putting that on the schedule was back when when she and I haven't looked at the rating, so I don't know. I'm I know it got renewed already yeah. for next oh, year. Oh, did it? So, oh, okay. All may, right. Well, I mean, Inhumans wasn't supposed to come out till twenty twenty, right? Twenty nineteen. But if they feel like that, I, my my question is sort of like when they put that on the schedule, were they thinking, hey, would it be cool if the show like we yeah. we took the show in this direction, it got big, and we went and made a movie out of it, right? Yeah. Um, that's the kind of big bombastic stuff I would expect them to think up. Um, so them taking this off the schedule might be a reflection of like, ah, yeah, I really want to, I think Kevin Feige said something that they just couldn't get the script to work either. And that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it's tough. It's a tough sell. Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily want to see it. So, yeah. Um, and then the last thing I have here is, um, uh, I mean, I, I, this is not the kind of stuff we normally talk about, but, uh, Amelia Clark, who was in the last Terminator movie, said she's not going to be in any more Terminator movies, which is the most disappointing thing about future Terminator movies I've heard. <laughs> Because uh, I really liked her uh, as as Linda Hamilton's replacement, yeah. like I thought, I thought she did a really good job in a movie that had some problems, but was mostly pretty fun. Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. I, I mean, I, is, are they even going to make another Terminator? I'm sure. What else is like Schwarzenegger doing? Like uh, Last Stand Two? He's making Predator. All right. Yeah. He's going to keep making Terminator movies. Did you guys see the new Nice Guys trailer with the Rod Stewart song? <sighs> Uh, I did. I didn't notice the 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 Rod Stewart song, but I I saw the new one. Yeah, it's awesome, man. Uh, the last few times I gone to the movies too, they've had like the Civil War Spider Man trailer. Yeah, this makes me so happy. Yeah, I can't wait. It's gonna be a good month. It is. I can't wait for movies to get good. All right, enough of this. Underoos. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, I think that's news. Cool. This is the stuff we watched this week. Oh, we got movie signs. This. Brad, you're going to start. It looks like you're falling asleep. <laughs> no, I was just trying to... I, I totally didn't prepare for what I watched this week. Uh, the Simpsons. Uh, nope, I finished that last week. Uh, the Animaniacs. Paid attention. <laughs> the Animaniacs. Uh, no, I actually didn't watch it. Brad, if you're like week. me, that's why I tweet out everything I watch, <laughs> so I don't forget. I'm trying to do that now, but I still forget <laughs> to tweet stuff. I just write it down because I'm not old. <laughs> um, so I, uh, I've been getting the Steelbooks for the Star Wars Blu-rays. Nice. Hmm. Um, I, I got them all, and I watched... I haven't seen Revenge of the Sith or Attack of the Clones in a long time. <laughs> That's okay. And having that on, on Blu-ray, uh, I'm not. Gonna, we, everyone knows the story stuff. <laughs> I think it, I think like, Revenge of Sith looks great on. We Blu-ray. know Ryan. <laughs> I said looks great on Blu-ray. I wasn't even talking about the story. Stupid asshole. Yeah, but you do always you do always say <laughs> you I always jump in and defend it like right away. Um, Batman, Superman. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're both shit films, so it's okay, guys. Spider-Man 3. Yeah, it's got problems, too. Yeah, it's called Venom. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Uh, so, Super you were watching uh, Star Wars on Blu-ray, Brad? Yeah, so episode one was filmed on film, and the other two following that were done on digital, and it looked even faker to me on Blu-ray, especially like the arena scene in Attack of the Clones. When, I don't uh, remember. When uh, Anakin's like writing that monster whatever beast yeah. thing he's like uh-huh. yeah around it's like i mean i remember the scene i don't remember how fake it looked so yeah. like cgi human models like that um 
and I'm listening to the commentaries and listening to like guys like Rick McCallum defend how Rick McCallum is an asshole and a fool. I don't like, think he wait, shouldn't he have asshole, he shouldn't though. have comment like uh, a commentary. Again, I, I can't tell if these are commentaries that came out on the original DVDs or not. So right. you know, oh, I'm sure they are. Um, like uh, some of them, like have I told like the there's like a George Lucas in the more uh, higher ups in a commentary, and then they have other commentaries pieced together from like different actors together. So there's like one where Natalie Portman's talking about something. And it seems it sounds like it's even before the movie came out. So it's hard to pinpoint what perspective they're getting from mm. each of the people. Yeah. But, um, yeah, Revenge of the Sith. Uh, How about that diner scene in Attack of the Clones? That's a pretty good one. That's weird. Like, it's so American. <laughs> yeah, like, it's, it is like really weird. Far, far away. What? It seems like he's playing homage to his American graffiti stuff. Yeah, well, like, everything he does is, like, homages mm-hmm. to things he loves. But that was just so like normal <laughs> yeah of a of a scene like like i think the character even had like a brooklyn accent like yep mm-hmm. yep <laughs> yeah um uh, sorry um i want to do like i'm thinking about going through and doing like a like i did for the ninja turtles 2 like real-time commentary where i'll, I'll time stamp my thoughts as i go mm. and i wish i was more prepared because i had something great for attack of clones but um uh i was just blown away by this how like, i didn't remember how like the space battle in Revenge of the Sith is great. Looks great. Yeah, opening yeah, is cool. awesome. But at the same time, you're sitting there going, like, you can kind of tell that it's just you and McGregor, like, rocking around inside, mm-hmm. like, a it gimbal looks great, of the though. ship. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, like, the CGI R2, like, you can you tell it tell us the CGI, the, the whole corridor thing with Palpatine, like, they're trying to escape through the elevator shaft. Uh-huh. Apparently, that's actually a miniature. It's not CGI at all. Um, so they said, um, and then, like, Mace Windu fighting the Emperor. Um, Does he? No, no, no. Yeah. I <laughs> that's, think, that's a terribly shot action scene. I can't remember, like, but I think uh, George Lucas even admitted to, like, they had just made up a lot of that on the set. Yeah. <laughs> which is, there's an interview I read with Samuel L. Jackson, and it was really recent. He was talking about it, and he said they didn't even give him time to rehearse, like, the lightsaber battle. They didn't even really give him a script. and They just went there and... Like, <laughs> and you know the emperor it's like it's this close-up on him where he just keeps growling yeah. and then it it never it never feels like a smooth action scene um it looks great so though. <laughs> no I, but well, actually what i'm talking about is that it doesn't look great um, I, was gonna, I, I forgot to mention uh especially in those two movies it looks like it is really noticeable that everyone's in a room that doesn't exist yeah um yes. and it, i on film, it was less noticeable, but on Blu-ray, it just seems like, I don't want to say matte lines, but like reverse matte lines um, for the way that like the background bleeds into where they cut out the hair and everything. Right. Like it just doesn't hold up um, as well as it should. Yeah. Like you think it should. But again, that's ILM like circa 2002 oh, yeah. and five. Yeah. Uh, stuff's gotten a lot better since then, but still well, um, for a guy who has gone back and tinkered with all of his shit. You'd think he would do special oh. special editions of the prequels. I totally want that. I mean, I feel like it'd be late, way easier. I, I wonder whether or not he has even the right to right now. Um, yeah, I think Fox still owns him, but oh, that's true. Yeah, because like Disney the Fox owns the character, can to, do what they yes, want with the characters. Yes. But I think the films as they are, right. yeah. But mm. I don't see why. Like, why not do a special edition of the prequels? Yeah. 
I'd be down for that. Upgrade them so that stuff like mat lines and bad compositing. Uh, they did. They replaced oh. the puppet Yoda in Attack of the Clones with the CGI Yoda. Uh. It's funny because in the commentary, they still talk like it's a puppet Yoda. So in a episode, er, Attack of the Clones, you get to the end and Yoda's like walking around talking to Obi-Wan <coughs> in the Jedi Temple. Yeah. And like, and here's the, the only shot in the movie where Yoda's CGI. I'm like, well, he was in CGI in the battle earlier. So this commentary is obviously before... They tam- right. tamper with the re-release, but yeah, you should do a, a full-on special edition. That'd be pretty cool. Then he you, you he need to trim out those scenes of Anakin and Padme talking. I was gonna about say the stakes. They <laughs> they, they, they could go back and just rewrite all that dialogue, um, and just ADR in different dialogue, and maybe those scenes would be palatable. And actually, and, if Disney does have the rights to those movies, they should do a recut. <laughs> oh, maybe refilm some stuff. Well, didn't, that would be uh, awesome. Who does the recuts of those? There's some actor who does it. Hmm? Uh, oh um oh, yeah spider-man uh, 3 what's his name oh Topher grace, Topher Topher grace. grace. Yeah. yes yeah. yeah oh man i want to see this i want to download so i can take a crack at it yeah because that's how it's like when i want to do the commentary the ring commentary i was like i have editing powers why don't i just edit it yeah yeah, yeah and then you then you can take record yourself scene. talking about it while like then just just show the scenes and go like this is dumb right here or this is really cool <laughs> this is why Did i cut you... out the cgi pair <laughs> Pair? Remember in Attack of the Clones oh, yeah, where he's yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was another bite. scene where George Lucas is sitting there talking about like or no Natalie Portman's talking about how um George didn't write the scene. So me and uh Hayden Christensen just had to like make up a scene as we yeah. were sitting there and uh she's like, Oh, it got pretty raunchy and obviously that didn't make it in the movie, but um <laughs> That'd be cool. That's, that's what, what I want. Like <laughs> their filthy conversation I that didn't end up in him, the movie. Make him feel like people. Yeah. Man. I remember Russell being so excited about like it's gonna be the romance, you know, part of the mm-hmm. story. It's gonna be so great. I'm Luke, like, uh, it seems like a really forced. Um, and I think Lucas even admits in the movie, he's like, yeah, I uh, I knew they had to get to that, had to get to. They, I knew they had to get together, but I didn't know how. I had to I had to put something that made it seem believable that these two people would get together. Oh, I got it. Maybe he saves her some from some like space slugs, and they sneak into her bed in the middle of the night. And he's yeah. standing outside, creepy, because he's in, he's kind of a creeper, and he runs inside. And the CGI guys, the CGI guys on the commentary are talking about like, yeah, it seems like you know animating a billion stormtroopers into a giant battle scene is hard, but it's actually those two slugs at the beginning of the movie trying to get that <laughs> movement right. <laughs> yeah, doesn't get right. And actually, yeah, all the stormtroopers in the movie they never made a costume for the prequels for uh. the stormtroopers. They're all CGI. Wow. Yeah. Man. Which is crazy because you have an army of people with the capability to make those costumes, and you you have fans that would just do it for free. Right? Yeah, you it's just, just like zombies. A, you know, yeah, people yeah. show up to be zombies. People show up to be stormtroopers. Make one, duplicate it how, in CGI. Oh, or how cool would that be to just say like, "Hey guys, okay, here's the model. You put them out on the internet, right? When you're starting the movie, you go, here's the model for the clone suit. You make this suit. Here are the rules. You have to follow the. You know, you have to do it this way. You can't augment it or like spray paint an H on your face or anything like that, right? Um, you're going to get checked when you get there. And then if you can be on this date at this time, however many of you are, there are, you're going to get to be in star Wars. And, yeah. And you, you have an you would, army of, and you would have to pay him. You just give him credit at the end. It's like special thanks to the stormtroopers. Yeah. Well, I mean, you may have to give him like the, whatever the, the pay for a day is as an extra, but like I, I that would just be a cool, like promotional thing. Like as a marketing ploy, like that's an awesome idea. Yeah. Or you do the um, Omaze thing, donate ten dollars and you get entered in a drawing and you all can be in <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. Right? Like 
Um, but what an awesome opportunity to do something cool with the fans on the, on those movies. And then, you know, yeah, of course, I don't think they did that for Force Awakens either. But yeah, they don't have to. Yeah. Um, they're just like, yeah, we're just gonna make some suits. <laughs> <laughs> we have the money for it. Let's just do it. Right. It's, it's super easy. Yeah, like, it'll look I, great. Called, I called up all my friends who had suits and said like, Hey, I got you a new helmet. <laughs> so yeah. But yeah, just, and I, I just finished up episode one, but I don't have like anything to process yet. Yeah. I still love my favorite of the prequels. Yeah, it's great. It's good. A to B to C. There's a plot. It's got it's got Duel of the Fates. Yeah, and there's something about Count Dooku. Oh, I, I think I said this last week, the whole part where Anakin and, and uh, Obi-Wan are fighting Count Dooku trying to save Palpatine, which mm-hmm. um, he's sitting in that throne, obviously, in homage to what's going to happen in Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. But, like, originally he was just, like, sitting in the throne and he didn't have, like, those electric cuffs Yeah, uh, pinning him to the to the chair and the the cgi guys like i guess they said yeah we went through like every color in the rainbow until we settled on like that's how specific lucas was because um it didn't look like he was under duress at all so we just drew in those electric cuffs like they weren't supposed to be there but we just add them just to reinforce that he's trapped but anyway so they're fighting count dooku and um obi-wan gets knocked out and then dooku pulls that platform off the ship and drops it on obi-wan and it like right. crushes his legs and like smears him across the floor but he just wakes up he just gets up and walks uh, it off yeah he's obi-wan kenobi so i yeah. guess before he went unconscious he like deflected a little yeah, bit totally dude with the force. That, that's a deleted scene <laughs> i was like it's so glaringly bad i'm just like how did yeah. that slip through well and when you hear them talk oh. about like not having written scripts like <laughs> or or not or having a character that's supposed to be under duress but clearly isn't you didn't do something at the time to make it look that way like oh Maybe that's why none of this is planned out and it's all kind of hodgepodge together. And the last thing I remembered um, from uh, episode one, the tech guys are talking. They said, like, there's actually one big uh, thing missing from the movie. If you watch the pod race, there's like a close-up of Anakin and Sebulba's ship is like in the background chasing him. Sebulba's missing from the ship (laughs) (laughs) in a shot. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So that's legitimately like, yeah, that's a fucked up shot. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, guys. Yeah. A lot of people talk about it, like, oh, yeah, that didn't work for me. Like, that's an actual technical error <laughs> that CGI characters missing from a shot that's easily composited in. Yeah. Yeah. That's weird. So. Cool. All right. That's what I watched. And then I, uh, Emerging Filmmakers, but. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to talk cool. about Driven again. <laughs> I'm good. Um, <laughs> the best part of me is like Bishop to B6 or C6 or whatever. And I was like, Wow. Yep. Yep. Uh-huh. Anyway, uh, me or me or you, right? I don't care. Okay. Uh I only have one thing. So okay, really go care. ahead. So I went to Inherent Vice at the Alamo this week, uh, and it was a feast. Uh it was a five course meal, which nice. makes sense partially because that movie's really long. Um and first I'll talk about the food. Because like again, it was really awesome. There was there's like a scene where they're drinking these things called tequila zombies in the movie, and it's like this it's this tall tequila drink with all this like silly looking fruit on top of it. Like it's just a, it's a goofy little gag in the movie. And they, at, at the time that shot starts, I hear the guy like walk into my aisle and he's got those drinks and nice. he puts them down on the table as we get went along. And I was like, Holy shit. Like it was so well timed. Um, and it was, 
they sort of did it as a favor to Steve because he loves that movie so much. <laughs> Does um, he? Yeah. So it uh, like there, it wasn't the most full theater, but that kind of helped for our experience because it meant that it was really easy for the guys to like get the timing really perfect. Cool. Um, so yeah, the 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 feast was awesome. Um, but you know, so and I I should go back and find the episode where I where I reviewed Inherent Vice. Um, because you know, I remember just feeling like, all right, this thing kind of just meanders and it doesn't really have a point and like there's some good stuff in here, but I I just walk away from it very cold. Um and I still would say I walk away from it very cold, but this time I had a really good time watching it. Like it was really funny. Um I, I sort of enjoyed the scenes, but part of it was that before the movie, Steve, who's a big fan of it, um, explained to me, like, okay, Jim, like just don't like don't try to piece the plot together which of course is the exact opposite of what i want to hear (laughs) um but he's like don't try to piece the plot together like it is supposed to be confusing like just try to enjoy it like scene by scene and segment by segment and thinking about it that way i like i really did watch the movie in a way where you know like there's the scene where shasta comes back and She's like, she's saying all this stuff as if she's trying to goad him and she ends up pissing him off and then they have sex. And in itself, it's kind of a cool scene. And like the stuff going on between these characters is interesting and it's bringing up these themes that I think are, are something to look at. Like there's something there, there's something there to think about. It doesn't tie at all with the rest of the movie, really. Like I don't understand what he's trying to say with that scene. He, um, where where that relationship ends up going, like I don't think it really reflects what's in that scene. But the scene itself is really good. Uh, there's a scene where Owen Wilson is is uh, you know the movie's set during um, Vietnam and Owen Wilson is talking about Owen Wilson is a drug addict or a former drug addict and he makes this metaphor about he's in the movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's Owen Wilson is like one of the main one of the other sort of main characters. Like he's in the movie more than Josh Brolin is. Um, or, or at least as, as much as really he's, he's this guy who goes missing. So like, um, if you haven't seen inherent vice, which I'm I'm going to try, no, I know I'm going to try to explain a movie that I just told you not to worry about the plot in, but, um, I forget what do we end up calling that episode? I'm trying to remember inherent uh, crap. I I have no idea. Incoherent Uh, vice. Yeah, probably. Probably. That sounds right. Um, so Joaquin Phoenix plays a PI named Doc, who's also who does a lot of drugs and is like a, he's, he's a hippie. Um, and this Sticks sort his of up his butt. <laughs> this former girlfriend of his Shasta comes along and is like, "Hey, I'm dating this guy yeah, who's she's like named after soda." <laughs> yeah, um, I'm dating this guy and like his, like his. Uh, I think he's she's dating anyway. Like somehow she knows that there's this like. Uh, real estate mogul and his wife is going to like undercut them or like, or like get the guy committed or something so that she can steal all his money or something like that. Um, so he starts investigating this thing and it takes him to a bunch of weird places. And, uh, at the same time, he also runs into, uh, Jenna Malone who plays a former drug addict whose husband, Owen Wilson has gone missing. She believes he's dead cause she was told he was dead. Um, but you find out very quickly that he's not actually dead. He's like working for the the drug mob people, but he doesn't want her to know she's alive or something. I don't know. Back to where what I was saying was there's this great scene where he's drawing this this really interesting metaphor about basically America 
during Vietnam being like this drug addict and the drug being war and whatever. And I'm not doing it justice, but the way he says it and the way it's written in the scene, I was like, Oh, that's really interesting. And it's like, even if I disagree or whatever, it's interesting to think about and B is just beautifully written in a way that it was entertaining for me at the time. But that theme, that idea is nowhere else in the movie. It's not what the movie is about. And, and so it's just like, it, it just feels shoved in there in a weird way. Um, and so, yeah, as a whole, it detracts from the film, and I, I, I don't think I'll ever watch Inherent Vice again. Um, but I was laughing the whole time and enjoying it and, like, you know, being freed from this expectation of, like, oh, this movie's going to be good. Or to say it a different way, this movie's going to make some sense and tie together in the way that I want a good story to. Um, it, it allowed me to enjoy it in a way that I don't normally enjoy films. Um, so maybe you should yeah. go back and watch Batman Superman like that. Uh, no, no. I mean, Batman <laughs> Superman is a mess. Like I, Batman Superman isn't a bad just film. Watch the scenes individually and enjoy them on their own. <laughs> wow. Yeah. They'll, they'll also like, that's the problem, man. Um, anyway, uh, I, it's, it's crazy because I'm one of the people who just keeps, have fun, James, <laughs> Batman, <laughs> Superman, Batman, Superman, not that bad, not as bad as everyone says it is. It's just a, not a good film. Like it's a very troubled poorly assembled film just go um, have fun james just don't think about do, the film dude, just, just go watch it around. just be sedated no watch the eye candy <laughs> <laughs> anyway um so again I, I i don't necessarily recommend that people see inherent vice unless like you like that kind yeah, of weird experimental stuff <laughs> or you get a feast with it. yeah that shit was good <laughs> Um, like, yeah, eat some rye and avocado while you eat it. The first thing was like this flatbread. It was basically like a flatbread pizza and it had green olives and pineapple and I think grapes on it, which sounds really weird. It was delicious. We got salty and sweet. That sounds pretty good. Yeah. Like it, 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 um, and it, it felt like hippie Southern California (laughs) kind of food. That's why I want to do it. Fucking hippies. (laughs) Rooting everything. Um, I can get a fruit cup at King Supers of pineapple and grapes. That's not that weird. (laughs) Yeah, but is it on a pizza? (laughs) Then put it on a pizza. I could go get a pizza, put them together. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Go do it. It's actually pretty good. And and but and the olives. That's what was weird was that the green olives along with the fruit hmm. was delicious. Yeah, and they were full. Like they, you know, they did, they hadn't sliced it in, in at all. Like it was just you'd get a bite. Whereas like there's a grape and a big piece of pineapple and an olive, and it was delicious. Speaking of King Supers, when they go not 24 hours anymore. Which one's not 24 Wait, hours? Which one's not 24 like hours? Every one I tried to go to last night. Really? What? Yeah. The one near me doesn't even have doors. Yeah, mine too, <laughs> right up here. Maybe they're doing inventory. Oh, maybe. Oh, maybe, yeah. yeah. Did it have like a gate there? But down? they didn't have, like, they usually say they open 24 hours under the sign, right? And they didn't have that. Uh, some of the older ones, like, the some of the new shot. ones don't. Like, like there's yeah, a, there's a nice one near me. Inventory or something. Yeah. I had the worst time last night. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I guess, yeah. I've never known a King Supers to be closed, except for on holidays. Yeah. They just don't want your money. I guess not. You got bad money. Yep. I went um, to. I tried to go to Taco Bell against my best judgment. Uh, did you eat a cheesy gritty to crunch? Because that's never against your best judgment. I didn't because the first one I went to, they didn't answer the call box. Okay. So I was like, okay, well, maybe there's clothes and the lights are still on, but they're still supposed to be open for two more hours. And then I went to the next one and they didn't have the fixings to make anything that I wanted. What? So they were like, yeah, we can't uh, make any tacos or cheesy gritty to crunches and stuff. And I was like... Could they make a quesarito? Because quesaritos are pretty disgusting, but they're pretty delicious. I think that was off the menu, too. I, I was just like... like a, the only thing I came for, and I just mm-hmm. upped the median and drove off. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you said that to him? Uh, yeah. I was like... He's like, yeah, um... Uh, yeah, can I take your order? Um, 
just one thing. We're missing this, this, and this. We're out of meat. And like, I was only there to get two cheesy gordita crunches, but you know, like, he listed off a list of like burritos and stuff. And I was like, yep, the only two things I was here for. And then I just peeled out. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, man. And then I went to uh, Del Taco where I sat in line for 15 minutes waiting for it to move along. And then uh, once it did move, I just took off because I was like, I'm not going to reward them for <laughs> taking that long. <laughs> so you punished yourself by never yeah. getting shitty midnight food. I was like, you know what? This is just a sign that I should just be eating better. So I'm going to go to King Supers. <laughs> and then I went to King Supers and they were fucking closed. <laughs> I was like, Ugh. well, I saw the lights on at the Wendy's across the street. I'll try oh, that. Goodness. And the lights were on, but they weren't taking any orders. No way. And what I time went, was this? It was like uh, 1.30. What? Yeah. Um, and in the, the time that it took me to like screw up at all those other places, I probably could have gone to something else that was like still open. Yeah. And then you I went could, all you the could have gone to the Olive Garden. Like. Yeah. There's like, I passed up uh, like Fat Sully's. They're open until 3 a.m. like on South Broadway to like, you know, I'll get something closer to home. Yeah. And then everything I try to go to. And then I went to Second King Supers, like even deeper in Highlands Ranch and they were closed. I was like, hmm. And then I ended up getting frozen pizza out of the fridge at home. That's of, the saddest good story. Mm. <laughs> All a man wants is a It's a, a first world problem, but I was just like, how can I, how can this happen so many oh. times in one night? <laughs> like, oh shit, Brad's coming. Lock the doors, <laughs> yeah. lock the doors! No, I, yeah, fuck not, that guy. Not, fuck me, right? Yeah. <laughs> not yeah, not being him. able to get a cheesy gritty to crunch is clearly a second world problem. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe during a weekday, but it's, it was a Friday night. Like, yeah. they have extended hours. Yeah, like, how, yeah. how am I going to get a uh, fourth meal? If you're not going to be able to make cheesy gritty to crunches. Yeah, I don't want no angle, burrito. Right? Yeah, Fourth like, meal. Today, we were really, really busy at the wing place. Yeah. And I had 12 tickets up. And there's so we can only cook about 300 wings at once. And that's if I don't cook any appetizers, too, in the other fryer. Sure. And so uh, my cook, he was cooking 250 wings plus a bunch of French fries. Plus, he had like another four tickets. He hasn't even started yet. And it takes 15 minutes to cook the chicken because you don't serve raw chicken. Um, what? Yeah, I know. So this lady comes in, and she's come in a few times, and she's not a nice lady. And uh, she said, hey, can I just get a, a 10-piece wing? I said, yeah, I can get it for you, just so you know it's going to be like 30, 40 minutes because I, because uh, we're really busy. And she said, well, why? And our kitchen's open. I said, well, you can look there. I said, I have 12 tickets right now. You're the 13th. And she threw a fit and told me that she's going to tell Jimmy, who owns the place, and the manager, Brian. I was like, okay. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what you want me to do. And she, she's like, I drove all the way from the Colorado Mills. We're literally on Youngfield. <laughs> it's like so two minutes away. So far. And I told her, I said, I'm sorry. I said, I, I, you're just going to have to wait. I mean, I'm not going to – just because you come in like once every three weeks, I'm not going to skip over every other person in here. And I, only, and I told her, I said, I only have so much room. I, can, I can't do anything for you. Lady, last night I drove from 38th and <laughs> – 38th and Navajo all the way down – to South Broadway, down to Highlands Ranch. <laughs> Don't talk to me about having to. Yeah. And, and, and that's Brad's story about how he drove over the median because he's like, the only two things I wanted. <laughs> just reminded me of it. I also forgot, like, I passed a McDonald's to get to the King Supers. Mm-hmm. And, like, by the time I came back that way, they'd closed. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're, like, the last on my oh, list. Wait, man. your McDonald's is open. Man, where are you at? Yeah, what is this? Dude, Highlands Ranch where, sucks. Where is this, like, oh, oh there yeah, you go. Uh-huh. Yeah. See, where is this? The void in the is world? gone. That was That's the thing. Not even open that was the thing I kept saying when I moved back from Fort Collins. Was I was like, "Holy shit! Everything closes at nine thirty down yeah. here. Like, how am I supposed to stay up till two in the morning?" And then two years later, I'm an old man who can't stay up yeah, till yeah, past ten. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, I think the latest thing that's open now is the Village Inn that closes at midnight. Yeah. Wait, Village Inn closes too? 
Yeah, they're not 24 hours. Fuck. What's going on in this world? Uh, Yeah, no, dude, Highlands Ranch is a terrible place. If you want to stay up late and eat food, <laughs> it's like a really nice place to live. But if you want to, yeah. you want to like, it's actually get fat and be an American. It's, it's actually like the be. pinnacle of the human existence right now. <laughs> but not if you want to stay up and get bad food in the middle of the <laughs> yeah. night. Like, yeah, you know. do your shopping before nine o'clock, guys. <laughs> get you, get you a couple. Shuts down. It's like Telluride. Get you a couple. <laughs> get you a couple cheesy grated crunches at like two in the afternoon. Just carry them in your pockets. Yeah, all day long. Then when when midnight comes around, break that shit out. Cheesy grilled crunch all night long. Man, it worked out in the end because I ate better. We need to <laughs> we need to wrap this show, show up so I can go get some cheesy grilled crunches. Before you can't Taco do Bell. it. That's the only Taco Bell I know that closes early <laughs> right up there. Uh huh. So you're gonna have to find <laughs> another one. Ryan, what did you watch this week? Uh, I had I had an Emily Blunt week for some reason. I, I know. I decided I was gonna watch. By the way, I love her. Yeah, she's great. Um. Uh, this is totally off topic, not as off topic as Brad's. But did you see the God of Egypt like box art? I saw that poster at Alamo. That was the poster that they used for. I have yeah. no idea what it is. It makes like, me super want to see that. Yeah, movie. it's like liquid Terminators that are birds and Anubis. Fighting. It looks like a, it honestly looks like exactly what I want the Power Rangers movie to look like. Yeah, <laughs> like badass robot uh, animals. Yeah, it's weird. Um, I'm I'm gonna have to watch that movie at some point. Yeah. Uh so I, I watched Sicario again and I finally had a chance to watch it after I got on Blu-ray on what four months ago. Yeah. Uh it's still awesome. It's still one of my favorite movies from last year. Only reason I haven't watched it yet is because I need to, when I watch it, I know I need to sit and watch that movie. Right? Yeah. Like, it's oh, not yeah, yeah. it's not a movie I can like walk, play in the background and fold my socks. You know? No, no, it's that's really what, that's what Dracula Untold is for. That's yeah, yeah you can enjoy that one. Um and then I was I was in a mood. I don't know why I was in a, like an independent movie mode because I'm never in that mood. That's you know? so excited when I saw you watch this. Um, actually, I'll tell you the. Do you want me to do seen that it before? It's, no, I haven't. Um, I so hope you're talking about Batman. No. Uh, <laughs> so I watched uh, Sunshine Cleaning. Um, oh or is it yeah. Cleaners. Is it Sunshine Cleaning. Sunshine Cleaning. Yeah. yeah. Um, with cool Amy Adams and Emily Blunt. I do. Okay. I, I went and got it because. Oh, I like, have it. I, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. To rent it on Amazon was like nine dollars or. To go and get it at Tradesmart was four ninety nine on Blu-ray. Um, so yeah, I watched it and Emily Blunt and well, it stars Amy Adams as a maid, and when she finds out she's sleeping with Steve Zahn, Steve Zahn, who is married, and he tells her that you should clean up crime scenes. They make like three thousand dollars. It's one of the few movies where I don't like Steve Zahn. Yeah, he's kind of an asshole. Yeah. Um, and she said, "Oh, okay," and then she gets her sister. Uh, Emily Blunt. Emily Blunt. I forget her character's name. I can't remember her character's name. Her character's name is Emily Blunt. Uh, Hope. Something like that. Sure. Um, To help her do this. And as they go, they learn all these that they need to, like, you know, biohazard. You know. They're going into places where, like, horrible things have happened and there's blood everywhere. And, you know, I actually, I thought it was really funny when they're carrying out the mattress where the old lady died (laughs) and there's blood everywhere. And she stopped and Emily Blunt ate shit into it. Yeah, Yeah, it was so good. Um, Yeah, the movie's really good. It's, um... It's just really the relationship that Amy Adams' a, character has. She has a She's son or a daughter. Yeah, yeah, son who is kicked out of school because he's licking everything. Oh, that's right. And they oh. don't they don't tell you why he was kicked out at first. So she gets called to the principal's office and she goes down there <laughs> and she says, "Hey, buddy!" And she walks by him and he looks around. And he looks at the wall and just licks it. Like, what the <laughs> fuck is this? And then you find out that he's like licking his teacher's legs and stuff. It's weird. Yeah. But the kid's really uh, precocious. He's pretty cute in it. Um, Alan Arkin is in it, and he always has these wackadoodle ideas to make money. One was getting shrimp off the back of a truck, trying to sell it to a Mexican restaurant. 
Um, and it's just a story about uh, how certain people deal with grief and uh, Amy Adams' interaction with herself and people she's met through this, I don't know, maybe two or three months. Because um, she meets the Oscar, the janitor guy who kind of teaches her, yeah, you need to go to like a blood pathogen. Oh, <laughs> like, Clifton Collins. Oh, yeah. yeah. And he doesn't, he's missing an arm or yeah. something. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he kind of helps her establish her career in this field. And, um, yeah, Emily Blunt's really great in it. Um, Amy Adams is fantastic, even though I think it's really an Amy Adams wheelhouse. Um, but she's still really great. Mm. Uh, the movie is really breezy. You know, it, the first hour seems like nothing really happens besides them kind of cleaning up these messes. And, uh, Emily Blunt feels bad for throwing people's stuff out. So she finds, uh, uh, what's that lady's name from Mr. Show in 24? Mary Chloe. Lynn Ricecomb? Yeah. Um, she finds like pictures of her at her mother's house that they cleaned up. And so she stalks her. And then they seems like they're kind of dating. Um, <clears throat> that's what she thought. Uh, it's a really fascinating story. And I thought it was a really good movie. Um, I enjoyed it. Um, I haven't seen that since theaters. <clears throat> I should watch that again. Yeah. But uh, there is actually a movie of Emily Blunt's that I haven't seen that I enjoyed more. And it's called Your Sister's Sister. Oh. Um, it stars her, uh, Rosemarie uh, DeWitt, and uh, Mark Duplass. And they're the only three characters in the movie. Hmm. Um, at the beginning, there's a few more. but it's uh, So Mark Duplass plays uh, a guy whose brother died the year before. And they have kind of a memorial for him. And Emily Blunt is his best friend. But she dated his brother for a little bit. And, um, so they have this, <laughs> Mike Brig- Brigbella, what's his name? Brigbiglia. Brigbiglia. Whatever fuck his name. I forget. Um, <laughs> Mike B. <laughs> He's also in it. He would agree with you, by the way. <laughs> <clears throat> and he does this really like great speech about how great of a dude his brother is. And Mark Duplass says, uh, he's really not that great. He was an asshole and, uh, yada, yada, yada. And it's like, everyone just looks at him. Oh, what the fuck is his brother's problem? And so he leaves, uh, goes in the hallway and Emily Blunt says, you know, what the fuck is wrong with you? And she, so she sets him up to go to her cabin, uh, just to get away. She said, just go there and, you know, be left alone and be by yourself. When he gets there, uh, Emily Blunt's character, Rosemary, uh, sister, Rosemary DeWitt is there and, um, she just broke up with her girlfriend and they have this drunken night where they have this like confession about, you know, how messed up his life is, how messed up her life is. And they end up sleeping together. And the next morning, Emily Blunt's character shows up and he said, Oh man, you know, I don't want, you know, it to be weird. So just don't tell her. And, uh, so she says, okay, I won't tell my sister. And then later that night, Emily Blunt goes into her sister's room and confesses that she loves, uh, Mark Duplass's character. And, uh, so it's a really cool dynamic. Did Mark Duplass write this movie? Uh, no, but he's one of the producers. Oh, okay. It's written by, I forget her name. It's written directed by a lady who, I guess, who's made a couple of movies like this. Okay. And it does follow a lot of... Uh, it was just like... You know, I know, right? Just, I, I, I end up sleeping with this woman, and then Emily Blunt comes in and says she loves me. <laughs> um, but it's really well done. Um, it's It's really funny. It follows a lot of romantic comedy uh tropes but the actors are so good in it yeah that you forgive them and um and there's just some really heartbreaking scenes and every time emily blunt cries i want to cry because i love her so much and uh and it, this movie's really great if you haven't seen it definitely see your sister's sister oh that's cool um, is 
Is Mark Duplass like the indie version of like or the unknown version of James Franco? I think so. Where, like he's just constantly working and doing everything. Yeah, he's in a lot of stuff. Yeah, man. Well, because uh, I think that Rosemary DeWitt. I think she's married to the other guy in the league. I think she's. Oh Ron, no, she married Ron Livingston. She's like married to one of Mark Duplass's like guys. He's always hanging out with yeah. in his movies. Um, and she came in. I was watching a making of. She came in. Rachel Vice was originally supposed to be in it. And she had to drop out because uh, some movie she was doing was running long. Hmm. And they only had 12 days to film this movie. So she came in wow. on the last second. And it's pretty amazing how well she did. Man. Uh, yeah. The Duplass brothers are all about like just going out and making a movie over the weekend. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Calling it good. It's crazy. Uh, but yeah, it's really good. Um, so I recommend everybody to see that film. Cool. Um, and the last thing I watched is I watched Batman Forever. Um and it's man, it's tough. It's that's the one where Tommy Lee Jones has got a purple face, right? Yep. It, and Jim Carrey is just off the rails. Yeah. Yep. I, I was wondering. I was. I said, "Speak of the devil" when you came over because I said, "I wonder how Brad's going to defend this movie." Um, <laughs> I, it's a great update. It's a great update of the 1966 TV show. It <laughs> is. That's that's exactly what we were talking yeah. about. Yeah. Um, because there's just some things that don't make any sense, and there's lines in it that just drive me bananas. Uh, and I didn't remember, I haven't seen it since you let me borrow the set you had years ago. And so, yeah, it looks great on Blu-ray because I think actually Schumacher's a great, uh, director. And obviously all the colors that's in the film, I think it looks really good. I mean, it's obviously some of the CGI looks bad, but, mm. um, whatever. It's from 97, 95. 95. Yeah. Um, yeah. but uh, what was that? Val Kilmer is really boring. I think that's actually the biggest problem with the film is it huh. looks like he's not, he's just there. And the villains, villains overshadow everything. Yeah, yeah. And he looks like he's just there. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Batman. I'm and, dreaming about a book. Yeah, and <laughs> again, so yeah, so I'm on this thing where I'm pretty sure they show Bruce Wayne's parents being murdered in every Batman movie. <laughs> so they show it again in this one, and this time it has something to do with like Thomas Wayne wrote a journal that they never really explain. Um, it's just tormenting him. Yeah, it's just. If it, <laughs> My dad could write. <laughs> there, yeah, and I mean, just Val Kilmer just looks like he's so uninterested. Yeah. And he's just so boring. Uh, and I think that's the biggest problem in the film. Because I can get past, you know, the campiness. Um, but what I can't get past is... The, so the opening of the film is actually, I think, pretty cool. It has, um, you know, the 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 credits look really sweet. They're kind of the swooping credits. And it comes with the Batmobile spinning up and Alfred's, you know... Uh, his first line is, so are you going to eat? And Batman says, I'm getting drive through. Like, oh man. That's, <laughs> so right away, I'm <laughs> And then it cuts to two face <laughs> in, yeah, he's in some vault in Gotham's bank and he's setting up a trap for Batman actually. And he gets there. And so Batman tries to rescue the security guard and two face hooks up the safe to a helicopter that flies out of the thing of the bank and the bank guy uh guard actually says oh my god it's boiling acid you know oh come on man i understand you're trying to make it lighter and i watched the interview with schumacher afterwards and i'll talk about it in a second but um so again val kilmer does- that security guard is actually someone i think he's a producer or something. he is yeah he is um I, yeah i forget his name uh anyways so he has this interaction with chase meridian played by nicole kidman and where Nicole Kidman's saying, ooh, you know, I like the Batman. And Val Kilmer just seems like the most bored he could ever be. You're like, dude, you're Batman. And I know he lobbied for this role. 
because uh, they talk about it in the special features. Like he really wanted to play Batman. You don't show it at all. <laughs> and then later in the in the well, making probably, of Schumacher said that he was like a total dick, and no matter what he did, he didn't. He he would like pout on screen uh, off screen, and that it would just carry over to his performance because he said, "Well, I'm just gonna do it this way." Uh. Oh, well, okay. So if you were really wanting to do uh, after Batman Returns, you're like, "Oh man, I really want to be Batman." Like if you thought you were going into a gritty Batman, and you showed up and Schumacher was there and was like. Uh, yeah, the villain's gonna have a half purple face, and I'm I I really only want to make an Adam West Batman movie. Like you might be like, this is well, not. The mo-. And I'm not I'm not defending the behavior. No, I'm just saying no, I can but, understand but, how. See, that, say that's cast not after the. Director, yeah, that's so. because originally I I I read all this and because I started doing research on because the movie does seem really disjointed too, mm. and they I they cut out 40 minutes of scenes. Oh wow! Because this original story is written by Tim Burton, and he was gonna direct it with Michael Keaton. And it was just going to be him and Two Face, and uh, when the studio, when Warner Brothers got it, they said, "Well, one of the biggest complaints about Batman Returns is it's really dark. The Penguin, Catwoman, can't sell toys for this. Yeah, yeah, they can't sell toys. We really need Tim. We we appreciate your hard work. Uh, we like your screenplay. But we're going to bring in Joel Schumacher to lighten it up, add colors, um, sell and Happy Meals, and sell Happy Meals, and that's what they did, and." And so I don't know if it's Schumacher's fault. It's Schumacher's fault because he does, didn't oh. understand. Um, he, the only Batman he understood was a 60s Batman. And uh, Chris O'Donnell even says in the uh, features, I, I told you this too, he said, before every take, Schumacher would say, let's make a cartoon. So you're going to get – you can only make it so good. And uh, I, the Batman 66 works as a camp because all the actors are having fun. Mm-hmm. This one, Val Kilmer's like, mm, I'm just here. Tommy Lee Jones is okay. Uh, I think the only person who's really enjoying themselves is Jim Carrey, but he's so over the top. It really distracts from the rest of the film mm-hmm. and the, his idea is stupid. He's sucking brainwaves out of people through a uh, what their credit card information. Yeah. Like, what does that have to do with the Riddler? Nothing. Um, Cause even the parts where he's like leaving clues for Batman, I really like, like, uh, you know, I have uh, all, uh, thir- I have, 13 faces or something. He's like a clock and like leaving the little clues around town. Like that's cool. Real riddles. Yeah. Yeah. But then it, it devolves into this. I'm going to team up to kill Batman. Yeah. Thing. Well, he's, he's trying to get revenge on Bruce Wayne. Yeah. And then halfway through, he finds out that the two people he's been chasing are the same person. Mm-hmm. But still. Yeah. And then, I mean, at the end, he just, his brain overloads and, and then Harvey, they, they, his name's not two face. They call him Harvey two face. And it's stupid. And I hate that. I hate his costume design. Where it's, you know, a tuxedo on one side and it's like leopard print on the other or tiger stripes. It just yeah, looks well, stupid. That's how it was in the comics back in the day. It is. It wasn't but, leopard print, but it was always some kind of variation of yeah, like, it was like, it was like center. It, it, yeah, it looks like. But you can also say the Batman animated series came out in 92 and Two-Face and that is nothing like that. Right. right? Yeah. Because oh. it, if they were going to make a Two-Face film, they should have just made that two-parter. Because I actually yeah. watched that again because it's great. And I also watched uh, Heart of Ice uh, because um, I think that's one of the greatest cartoons ever made. Because mm-hmm. um, I'm getting ready to watch Batman and Robin, <laughs> and uh, so I just want to cleanse my palate before right. I did that. You're gonna be like, um, okay, this is how Batman could have been. Yeah, so I'm saying there's precedent for that, like, yeah, yeah. for that audacity. Yeah, there is, but you know, it's just. But Tommy Lee Jones, he even says like, he, I did, he didn't want to do it for my kid. Yeah, he didn't want to do it. He, he yeah. only did it because his said son said, oh, you should. 
be Two Face. And even it's so dorky because when Two Face is in the courtroom and they have that file footage of him getting hit in the face with the acid, before he gets hit, you see Batman jump up in Batman costume to like d- block it. Like, why the fuck is Batman sitting in the courtroom and no one yeah. just notices? He's just sitting there in <laughs> in the pew, like. How odd is it? Like early on in the movie when Batman's like walking through the police crime scene, like yeah. and Commissioner Gordon's just having a chat with him. Yeah, like, it's weird. It's just weird. like just that's what I mean. It's just weird character choices because I mean the Batmobile looks cool, you know. Um, I mean I, I like all the lights and stuff on. It, I think it looks badass. But then again, it's there's a really hokey part where he's getting chased and he has that really bad TV. I'm like, oh, it's so bad. The, the he's, he's, got, he's got like a TV in the car. Yeah, to, I, I haven't seen this movie in a very long time because so. he's watching the bad guys chase him, and then you know Two Face just shows up randomly. Uh, he's pushing a baby carriage and he has a Tommy gun in it, like, like the like the Untouchables. Yeah, the visuals cool, but it just doesn't make any sense. Oh, okay. And then at the end, he you know Batman drives up the side of a building, and Two Face and Tommy Lee Jones is just chewing scenery and just making it obnoxious. He's like, no. No, like, dude, you're not Jim Carrey. Don't try to get to his level. Um, but he, Jim Carrey almost works in it, but he's still too over the top. Like, if they toned his Riddler down and he was a little more um, manipulative, I think he'd be a great Riddler because Jim Carrey can do that. But it's also at the height when Jim Carrey's doing Ace Ventura, right, exactly. The Mask, yeah. all that stuff where they they want the Jim Carrey from The Mask, and I yeah. understand that. It's just. It's a bummer because they missed opportunities. He, w- he wasn't coming hot off the presses of of the number twenty three, exactly. Which, would, which, as bad as that movie is, would kind of make but for a cool Riddler. If you, yeah, exactly. If you got that Jim Carrey, because there's even a part where Chase Meridian uses the bat signal, and he uh, goes after. He's like, "It's not a beeper." But the way Val Kilmer just delivers, you're like, "Dude, you just don't care." What's he's, a beeper? <laughs> he's literally showing up in a costume and just saying lines. He's yeah. not even giving. I think he missed, or maybe he just misread the Bruce Wayne character. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I think he's really boring. <laughs> Interesting. But, you know, there's some, I mean, it's not horrible. I don't think it's the worst movie ever, but I don't think it's very good. Yeah. Mm. Made shitloads of money. <laughs> Sold a lot of toys. When I was a kid, it was my second favorite. Really? After, after after one? Where do, you, where do you think it is now? It's the third favorite. Yeah. <laughs> So I still think Batman Returns is the best one, and coming for me, that's weird because I don't like Tim Burton at all, yeah. and that's probably the most Tim Burton of all of the two. Yeah. Of the two, yeah, yeah, I would agree. Because maybe because I don't, because I don't like Tim uh, uh, Batman Returns mm. because of like the the, yeah. the wonky stuff that you like it in spite of. Yeah, but see, I think Michelle Michelle Pfeiffer's so great in it. Um, but you know, whatever. Yeah. So that's what I watched this week. Cool. Actually, uh, when I was a kid. Uh, we saw it at the Cherry Creek Theater mm-hmm. and driving home, like my parents were asking me, what did you think of it? I was like, I don't get it. Like it says 40 years later in the beginning of the movie. And so the movie Batman was supposed to be like 60 years old and he's still fighting crime, but he looks young. <laughs> and then he realized that the flashback, <laughs> like that wasn't where time starts. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, but yeah, it has problems. And you know, even the Robin story isn't too bad in it, except he takes that huge, like cartoony bomb and throws it out. He does the flips through Wayne Manor. Yeah, to do his laundry or whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that laundry part's just hokey. Or to, like to get through to the Batcave. But yeah. that's when Alfred realizes maybe he can be a crime fighter when he's spinning laundry. I'm like, all right. Man, whatever. Alfred cranks out those suits, suits like they're nothing. Yeah. I, I mean, I understand why Chris O'Donnell's in it because he's like the hot actor at the time. Yeah. And I mean, I don't mind him as Robin. I don't think he's like horrible. No. But 
And it, again, I don't think it's his fault. I think the script is just his scenes are just so corny. Yeah, he gets, he gets delivered just awful. That and I know, and I'm so bummed Oscar that Fat writer, Girl is going to show up. Huh? What? In the next one, it's Fat Girl is going to be in there. Who's Fat Girl? Alicia Silverstone is Bat Girl. She's not fat. She, what? She's what? What are you talking? Oh uh, my yeah. goodness! No, yeah. Oh my! I'm going to watch you're it. Terrible! Like, mm-hmm. You're so terrible. Um, this is what's coming out on Blu-ray. Ignition sequence start. Whoa, DVDs. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, baby. Yeah, yeah open up that. <laughs> So, yeah, I talked a really long time about Batman Forever because it's, you know, as a kid, I don't remember not liking it as much as I did. And being super excited for it to come out. I was like, wow, Mm -hmm. this looks just like nothing I've seen before. Yeah. And then. I haven't watched all this deleted scenes. They're all on there. Maybe I should watch them. Krampus is your big Blu-ray for the week. Um, So, yeah. Yeah, There you go. Uh, Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) Right along to. Uh, which I I honestly don't even remember being in theaters at this. Like that I was in I January. Like I just, I just learned about that movie. Come out this year. Yeah. Oh man. Anyway, uh, Son of Saul, Ca- which is Academy Award winner. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember what this is. That's uh, um, uh, best foreign film. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so maybe, maybe thing, check out Son of Saul. Uh, Jin got a gun. The the movie whose t- I, I always want to say Janie got a gun mm-hmm. every single time. Um, I would Portman. have Steven Tyler as like the outlaw in it. Oh, that'd be cool. I'd watch that. That'd be but probably better than Jane Got a Gun was. <laughs> Dude, the um, Magnificent Seven trailer looks badass. It does, yeah. But they're yeah. like, oh, that was Forsaken. <laughs> <laughs> just, just seven guys instead of Kiefer Sutherland. No. Oh. Uh, Death Becomes Her is getting a Blu-ray uh, collector's edition from Scream Factory. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I don't know that I've ever seen that movie all the way through. I should yeah. I should get that and watch that. It's movie. a mecca. It's fun. Yeah. It's not one of his um, best, but still fun. And then there's a, a series of like I don't actually know what the story is on these, but they're they're those old animated movies that like or they're they're called the Depati Fleling Collection, Freling. Anyway, it's the Ant and the Aardvark and the Inspector. Old Looney Tunes and, guys that branched yeah. off and made their own cartoons. Oh oh shoot! And uh, one of them didn't open right. Uh, what was the other one? Um, Crazy Legs Crane. <laughs> What? Is another Scream Factory. Oh, oh, shoot. I, I missed that one. Shoot. Hold on. I'll, I'll open that up. It is. It's a lady's mouth with a cobra in it. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> Once this motion picture sinks cobra. its fangs into you, you'll never be the same. It's. Oh, oh, no. This is great. You left out. <laughs> so, yeah, the title is seven S's in a row, right? And underneath it, it says. Don't say it. Hiss it. In parentheses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's why I was going. <laughs> I love Scream Factory because they put out horrible movies on Blu-ray and give them special features. That's so terrible. Like, what What marketing guy was like, hey, we're going to title this movie. <laughs> yes, I'd like a ticket for. <laughs> like a ticket for SSSS. No. You're the only one we sold today. <laughs> Don't. Say it. Hiss it. I'd like a ticket uh, for... No, no. Say it. <laughs> Don't say it. Hiss it. Yeah. 
Oh, and there's uh, there's also an Adrian Brody movie called Backtrack mm. uh, with Sam Neill. So I don't know, maybe see that. That's not reality, is it not? <laughs> Where what what am I living in? <laughs> oh, that's my favorite line from that he says from In the Mouth of Madness. This is not oh. reality. Oh yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, cool. Yeah, nothing that exciting. No, I don't think. Yeah, uh, what, what is this? The Zero Boys. Nope, that doesn't look like anything cool. Anyway, that's it. This week on Real Nerds Podcast, we saw The Huntsman. Brad, I don't think you saw The Huntsman. You look like you didn't see it. I didn't. All right. <laughs> you lucky son of a bitch. Oh. James, should people go see The Huntsman? I don't know. I just asked you that. You just already answered my question. Yeah, no. Um, it's it's pretty bad. Um, even if you like the first one, I would say that this is a renter. If you didn't like the first one, I would say this is a don't ever see this movie. Um, it's just really boring and poorly assembled, and no one feels like they want to be there. Um no, I won't go that far. I, I mean, I, I think I Nick feel Frost like, is pretty fun in it. What? Nick Frost is pretty fun in it. I feel like a lot of his jokes land really flat. I don't know. Anyway, um, so yeah, I I can't recommend it. Um, you know, but I I even with I went and saw it with Rafe, and immediately after it was over, I was like, yeah, I I'm every time I see one of these, I'm glad I see it because it reminds me every time that like you know, Batman Superman comes out and the whole internet catches fire and everybody's like, this is the worst thing ever made. I'm like, you guys haven't seen bad movies. Like, what are you talking about? Um, because this is, you know, it's not the worst thing higher, ever made. Higher rated on Rotten Tomatoes and Batman Superman. See, and that's insane. Because <laughs> Batman Superman <laughs> is... <means> nothing. <laughs> Batman Superman... In the critic's eyes, it does. Batman Superman is a much better movie than this. Like, it was fun to watch, whereas this, like... Uh, they, uh, I think I told you that they, they brought the... Uh, um, oh no, I was talking to your wife. They, I, I'm watching the movie and like, finally the characters are together and it feels like we're starting an adventure and here we go. And I look over and here comes my waiter bringing the check. And I'm like, wait a second. We're just getting started. You're telling me there's 40 minutes left? We gotta, we gotta move this thing along because there is not a story here yet. So anyway, um, yeah, I, I didn't like it. Um, I, I'm not as harsh as you on it. I think there's some fun parts in it, but I don't think you have to see it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, obviously, I'm an Emily Blunt fan. I think she's good in it. I think sure. Charlie's Theron's good in it. In fact, I think they should be in it more. Um, yes, I agree. But what we get is that when I, when I'm watching this film, it's not very exciting, and it, it's the definition of sequel. Uh, cashing in the sequel clause in someone's contract. Yes. Because if I was Chris Hemsworth, I wouldn't have made this movie. Right. Um, not that he's bad in it. I actually think he's kind of funny. Yeah. But his parts where he's having fun are really far in between. And the last thing I'll say before we play the trailer is it also seems that the screenwriters sat down and watched Brave and Frozen and like, oh, uh, Meridia, she shoots an arrow and has red hair. We should have um, – that in our new movie right. oh and elsa she's really popular let's have the ice queen too yep and i just kept on waiting but for then, emily blunt to blast out let it go but then never write a script that actually yeah. like ties any of it together yeah. or, or makes you want those things to happen at the same time yep but at least emily blunt's pretty and i was like yeah i can i can get by with this yeah uh, here's a trailer for the huntsman if it's the snow white tale you're looking for discover the story that came before Mirror, mirror on the wall. Who is the fairest of them all? You are my queen, but not for long. Your sister holds a baby who will grow to be more beautiful than you. But beware, 
Should any harm come to the child, your sister will unleash a power unlike anything the world has ever known. Yeah, so the movie takes place before and after Snow White and the Huntsman. Um, the before part is Freya is Emily Bond's character and Ravina, Ravena, Ravina, Ravina, Charlie Theron's character um, is talking about. Uh, it starts with her killing her husband so she can rule the kingdom, and uh, she has a sister, and she says, "You know, your black powers or your magic powers just haven't been haven't come out yet. You're more powerful than you know." That's a really interesting take. You know, the, the characters are fun. I was in. Yeah. And then, you know, and then it goes, cuts to um, Emily Blunt is pregnant with her lover's baby who's supposed to marry another woman. And then she gets a note from uh, this this man and says, meet me in the garden. We're going to get married and run away. So she goes down there. And when she's down there, uh, she looks back up and her baby's nursery is on fire. No, no. Just her baby. Oh, yeah. Her baby's just, on fire. Just her baby's on fire. Well, the, the cradle that it's in it, as well. From the from down... Yeah. Well, yeah. Like, the, from down on the ground, it looks like the whole tower's on pregnant, fire. You but she had the baby? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, Sorry, so they, time they, jump, they jump forward okay. a little bit. And so now she's got the baby. Oh, and, and she's the, like, the voiceover work is done by Liam Neeson, uncredited. Right. Well, because he plays Snow White's father in the first movie. That's right. So, so he's like the narrator... But it's completely disjointed. But it's fine. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, she like runs upstairs and there's just... Her... The room is fine, but there's just this... Why are you laughing? A baby's on fire. Because <laughs> it's... <laughs> it's... Do you not know so me? It's so ridiculous. It's no, so no, ridiculous. how awful I am. No, like, so he gets I'm there. like, I should have seen this movie. I'd there. love to see that. You, you get up there and it's just like this ashy cradle and this like almost cliche wisp of cg smoke comes out of it as if as if the last ounce of the baby had just <laughs> had just burned out of existence and poof and this little wisp of smoke comes up and i'm like really like why didn't you just burn down the tower it's a smoking hot baby uh, right there <laughs> but then so here's where it gets good again yeah is that then like there's the guy that she thought she was in love with like there with like a torch and he's like, ha, ha, oops, I, Psych. Burned, yeah. I burned the baby I had to. Yeah, um, so he killed his own baby. But you immediately, like, you're watching the movie and you're like, oh, well, we know that, like, Charlize Theron did this. And eventually, like, the story here is going to be that Snow, the, the Snow Queen, the, that Emily Blunt's going to have to figure out that her sister totally, like, made this dude burn their baby. Oh, it's so terrible. Oh, man. And then anyways, Freya goes and... Uh, runs away and makes a kingdom to the north of snow. Oh, oh so but her baby <laughs> like dying, frozen. her baby dying, like breaks her heart and causes her to like freeze this dude. Like so, suddenly she gets her power, right? 
So like that's and that moment. Him. Yeah, that moment causes her to to become a magical become queen, Elsa. Yeah, and she goes out there and makes a castle out of ice. It's like when you're an X Men oh. and they have to like shock you into using your power. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. yes, exactly. Um, so then the story goes that she starts conquering all these surrounding kingdoms and she steals the children from there because she says if i can't have children you can't have children and you, you're not allowed to love yeah because i don't know what love is and she does she believes that love is a lie and i mean she's really good at the uh emily blunt is she really is. good and yeah. you're like okay i'm on board i because I, I like seeing emily blunt be evil because she's mm-hmm. usually you know the nice one yeah. and uh and then the story continues and it flash i guess emily blunt doesn't age because oh, yeah, I, I well, but and neither did Charlie. Yeah, Theron, I guess because like, they're the magic. So. Yeah, like whatever. Um, so then it fast forward, and Chris Hemsworth is now in the movie. Of course, it would be hard because as soon as she becomes the Ice Queen, her hair all goes gray. Mm-hmm. So how would you know if she got it older? Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Uh, and then so Jessica he's just Chastain, hanging out post Snow White, right? Yeah. Well, so, well, so then you see, then you see, uh, you meet like this kid or these kids. And one of them is the young Chris Hemsworth, and the other one is the young Jessica Chastain, and they're training. And then, you know, and it's like a Rocky montage, and they're learning how to use bows and stuff. And they end up getting really good, and they become like the best fighters in the land. Uh, and they're also in love. Well, it's cool because, I mean, it gives backstory why he's such a great, you know, right. guy in Snow White Hunts. I'm like, okay, so the first See, like 30 minutes of the movie, I'm like, oh, this is not bad. Yeah, you sort of figure out like why when they go out and he says like, oh, I'm a huntsman, like other people are like, oh, because he's like been training to be a fighter since he was seven and it's all he does all day long and he doesn't believe in love. Yeah. Uh, it, and then... It's cool. Yeah, then it just starts meh because then, you know, then it starts really going yeah. to cliches because... I don't know because the the next sequence, the, the next little piece, like I was in it for that. Like, yeah, when that's she, what I mean, like the first... 30, 40 minutes, I was like, this is Oh, bad. yeah. Well, yeah, so so when she puts up, like, the ice wall and separates them and catches them, mm-hmm. and she shows one... I, I immediately knew what was happening, where yeah. she shows, like, one version of, of, of it to him, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, well, she's showing her something else, right? And I was like, this is cool. Like, it, it wasn't necessarily paced really well, and the action wasn't always the best, but I was like, this is palatable, right? Like, yeah, I this think... is kind of fun, and you're do you're telling me a story that I'm kind of interested in. But you're right. From like as soon as we skip forward mm-hmm. to post Snow White time, like the plot just goes off the rails, mm-hmm. and it becomes really tough to follow. And you you're not invested in anything anymore. Yeah, and I think it it does actually hurt that. And it, in what the, ways does it go off the rails? Yeah, we're, we're getting there. Yeah, getting okay. there. <laughs> so the story starts becoming a little incoherent. We're going to tell you the whole movie here, so that you don't have to uh, go. So it takes place after he said, you know, Snow White and the. So Chris Hemsworth believes that Sarah's dead. That's Jessica, Jessica Chastain's Chastain. character. Jessica Chastain. He thinks Jessica Chastain has died, but she hasn't really. That was a vision he's given. Yeah. So, so they're. So, they're, so they're, they're, they've been hanging skills. out, but then he like has a well, dream. So they get, no, they get caught by the queen. Okay. And so the queen knows that like, oh, you guys are in love. You're not supposed to be. She puts this ice wall up between them, and on one side, you know, and they're ones on one side, ones on the other. He sees her getting beat to death. And she sees something else, right? And meanwhile, they beat him. They're like, he sees that. He thinks she's dead. He kind of gives up fighting all these dudes. They beat him a bunch. They throw him in the river. They think he's dead. Then we flash forward to post Snow White. Yeah, and it, then it he's just hanging out, and he doesn't want to do anything. And then the Prince Charming from the first Snow White movie shows up and says, oh, yeah, right. um, Hey, I need you to go find the mirror. 
that was stolen, the mirror from the first movie. Yeah. Um, because it's making Snow White crazy with uh, not looking like Kristen Stewart stand-in. Um, <laughs> well, it, went, it went missing because Kristen Stewart, it was driving her crazy. She said it was... St- and then was... she had the um, her army take it away. Right. They and were then gonna the take army it to disappeared. The, to the haven or the sanctuary, sanctuary. which they never explained if what the hell that is. this doesn't make sense, it's because it doesn't make sense to us either. Right, yeah. So they're like, well, <laughs> we sent these dudes to take the mirror away, but they we haven't heard from them so we want you to go find them because you're the best tracker, right? Yeah. So is please... he a tracker in the first one? I don't remember. Yeah, I, I don't so. know. I don't, yeah, I think you're right. I think he is. That's why Snow White hires him. Yeah, he, that's right. He can lead her somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I have to watch it again. Um, um and so then he gets Nick Frost is the only uh, dwarf Nick from the Frost seven dwarfs. Turns up. Yeah, and <laughs> then dwarf. Okay. yeah, they have another. Dwarf. Was he a dwarf in the first movie? Yeah. Yes. Okay. They have another dwarf. I remember like, um, Bob shoot. Hoskins. He's played by the um shoot, he's it's that British it's that British comedian who's in like the the trip and anyway. Steve um, Coogan? Yes, yeah. So Steve Coogan is the other dwarf. Um and they're there because like the hunt like they the huntsman owes them money or something. Yeah, and it's like, and then they have this like cool little uh thing where he's picking up yeah. the dirt and he's like, I can tell you they went to the west. I mean, I don't need to pick up the dirt and say it's in the dirt. It's pretty funny. And then they yeah. get to the caravan all right banner, banner. Um, where all the queen's men are dead. And then it doesn't make any sense. Like there's black tar on them. They're like, oh, it's yeah. the goblins. But then they, they killed themselves. But wait, wait, why are the goblins? Yeah, like why did the goblins attack them? And it, But it's like, okay, so they – what you eventually try to piece together is like, okay, so they got attacked. They, kill, they, were, they killed each other. But then whoever was left got killed by goblins and then the goblins took the mirror – so now the dwarves have to go to where the goblins are in some kind of forest. But before that, they meet two female dwarfs. Right. Lady dwarfs. <laughs> and Nick Frost falls in love with one of them. And the other one gives the other dwarf a hard time. Yeah. And and the banter's not real wait, good. Wait, then Jessica Chastain comes back. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Jessica <laughs> yeah. Oh, so oh, so they're, they're in a bar with the dwarves. And this guy comes in and he's like, oh, this guy's got his children here. And the dwarves are like, bah. And, <laughs> and the dwarves are like, you know, we could take – we on our own could take you guys. But we also have this huntsman and he would just whip the shit out of you. And these guys are like, well, we're all huntsmen. So fuck you. So then there's this fight. And that fight's all right. Yeah. Like it's, a, it's a pretty good – like it's a decent – Inside the bars, okay. When it gets outside, yeah. it gets really jumbly. Yes, I agree. Um, and But, you know, it's, it's a modern – like it's not like a, an awesome, you know – some cool honestly and i hate fight. saying this it looks like a first time director directing action yeah and and that's fine like it you know okay right if if you had a movie full of a it's lot no, of that action, uh, edgar wright <laughs> no 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 <laughs> um <laughs> but if, if you were expecting that uh, yeah um and yeah so then they get kicked out and they're gonna kill him like they they successfully beat the shit out of chris hensworth and he's gonna die i guess except for the fact that i'm not a fucking numbskull and i can read this film from a mile away and i know like oh this is when jessica chastain shows back up because i know she's not really dead because i'm not an idiot and i know you paid for jessica chastain so sure enough jessica chastain shows up and she like bows all all, all to death but see i did like the part when uh chris hemsworth woke up and he says, am I dead? Yes. Was I hit in the head? Yeah, the banter and there then, is pretty good. And uh, then Nick Frost says, yeah, like six or seven times, but you're not <laughs> dead. Right. And that's pretty funny. Uh, but anyways, so they get captured, and then they have to find this mirror, and it's being held by the goblins, and the two lady dwarfs are going to show them how to get it as long as they can take money from the goblins who hoard gold and jewels and stuff. Yeah. 
And so they get there, and the mirror's just hanging out on the outside? Well, because – well, no, no. See, see, you clearly you weren't – you weren't really – like, did, uh, did I miss something? Yeah, there was some really <laughs> you know, interesting stuff here that you – no, so they, as they're going along, like, they find some the bodies of some stuff. Oh, that's right, and they have tar on them. And they're covered in tar, and he picks up the tar, and he's like, oh, their blood smells like tar. So that's where you're supposed to learn that goblins have tar for blood. Oh, so, that's right. <laughs> that's important. Just you wait. <laughs> um, so then they – go and they find the mirror and there's only one there's like one goblin left because all the other goblins that had the mirror killed each other and there's like one and so he comes down and he smells them for a while mm-hmm. and then sees that one of the little dwarves she had stole some they're gold they're kind of like apes yeah they look yeah they, they're kind of like um they're like slightly purplish versions of like uh of like a planet of the apes guy what you know, I did like about their design, though, cool horn. is they had like that molted, like melted gold on them. Yeah, because they're really into cool. gold. Um, so they've got all kinds of gold, and they live where there's a river of gold or something for some reason. A really bad CG there. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. That that was like some Hobbit three bullshit, <laughs> uh, right? Or Hobbit two bad CG gold. gold. Just doesn't look good. No, don't CG gold. Like, just don't do it. Um, yeah, so then like they f- he fights the one and that's a really bad fight because mm-hmm. it's a um even though like it looks really cool up close like yeah. the CG on the on the goblin's pretty good and I think there's some good sort of some practical stuff going on. The fight is choreographed in a way where like they didn't want to have to have the CG monster really interact with him very much. So basically they just like yeah. dance around each did other you, and then push each other did every you now and then. notice there's a couple of like uh repeated cuts. With oh. the goblin charging, it, I did. Like, oh no, I didn't. Uh, notice. Like he'd push him back, and then the goblin would do that, rah, rah, yes. and then run at him again. Like, yeah, they did it like two or three times. I did. I, I noticed him doing it. I, I think I was distracted thinking about the fact of like, oh, you choreograph this so that you don't mm. actually have to have them touch each other because that would require you to actually choreograph an action scene with a CG yeah. creature. You know, so it, like it, it, it did cool. It pretends, kill him cool though. Yes, <laughs> um, sort of. The the slow motion's a bit over the top. Yeah, but yeah, like. It's you know, um, it, it like it, it's pretending to be an action scene, but it's never really much of an action scene. Um, so then he runs; they're all running away to get away from the guy. I mean, you know, the dwarves get the the mirror and they run away, and they get to this bridge over the gold thing. And for some reason, he decides like, well, I'm going to stay here and fight them, and you guys get across the bridge. They're already across the bridge. He should have just run across the bridge and cut the bridge on the other side. Like, end of fucking story. I don't understand what's like. This is one of those moments where like. The script is so obviously terrible that I'm like furious in my seat because I'm going, why the fuck would he make that decision? Like what you're showing me doesn't make makes him stupid. Yeah, they're trying to make him like, oh, he's sacrificing right. himself because. But at the same time, he had time to look at him and be like, get out of here. Right, right. You could have ran across like I'm just going to cut this bridge so they can't follow us. <laughs> the bridge is as long as this room, Brad. It's not a huge <laughs> bridge. Um, and one of the things we've missed we've we've missed here is that like this whole time there's this really kind of plotting and obvious conversation going on between him and Jessica Chastain because like she's mad at him because she thinks what the version she saw on the other side of the the ice was that he like just got afraid and ran away, right? Like. Right, you know, so he was left a coward, her. and so she's been in prison all this whole time, right? So she's just pissed at him, and you know, like, well, you guys are gonna get back together, and the the dialogue here is not so good that like I'm convinced that you're mad at each other, and in fact, like you're doing this whole puppy love thing, so it's just kind of annoying. Like you just want them to get back together so we can have a cool action scene. <laughs> um, but anyway, so that's what part of why he does this shitty bridge thing that makes no sense. 
Um, so he starts getting beat up by goblins, uh, and he's going to die, I guess. And she goes, I know what to do. And she reaches over and she gets some blood off of the, off of the wall and she dips her, 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 uh, she has to make the arrow in it. Oh, that's right. You're right. Cause for some reason, our, 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 our person has lost her bow at some point. Don't know how. Uh, so she makes a bow while he's fighting these goblins. She gets wood. She makes a bow. Don't know where she gets the string. Help, she gets help. A, I'm dying yeah. over here. <laughs> Just one second. Just one second. <laughs> she builds an arrow. Yeah. She dips the tip of the arrow into this tar stuff. Goblin blood. She, right. Right. Uh huh. She. Uh. That's very important. It's coming up here. She gets like some fire or something. She lights the arrow on fire. Shoots it into one of the goblins. All the goblins catch fire because they're t- made. Their blood is made of tar. But blue fire. Yeah, and then they die. And then I and then like he magically teleports across the Golden yeah. River. Yeah, I guess he just swam through the Gold River. <laughs> Climbs up it's from so the ravine. Dumb. That's literally I think the worst sequence in and, the movie. Yeah, gold it's, is the softest it's weird because Chris Hemsworth throughout it kind of is like, This is stupid. You can tell that he thinks it's stupid. Because yeah. he doesn't like he's funny in it. Like he doesn't believe the dialogue he's saying. <laughs> like the sequence later when he's like climbing, he's just he decides to climb up a cliff and then jump off it onto yeah. a rooftop. And he says, you this is the worst idea ever. He's just like, this is fucking stupid. Why is this in my story? <laughs> the thing is, is like Hemsworth is really charismatic and I think yeah. he cares. But you can just tell he's like, eh, he knows. Guess, guess I had to exercise my yeah. sequel contract. <laughs> right. Um, anyways, so then uh, you find out that uh, Sarah's double crossed him and she's actually working for uh, Freya, Emily Blunt's character. Yeah. And she shows up on a polar bear. <laughs> Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. And, you know, she's still awesome. And then she freezes Nick Frost and his girlfriend. And uh, Jessica Chastain shoots Hemsworth with an arrow. She never misses. She never misses. So he was able to block it. Block. Well, because she shot it exactly where his necklace was. Yep. That she gave him. Yeah. Earlier in the movie. And it's a symbol of their marriage. Yes. It's so fucking dumb. We're not making this up. And, uh,. (laughs) And then finally they get the mirror so back. Married? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they got yeah. married in a hot tub at the beginning. Of- <laughs> uh, a hot spring they were fucking in. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Um, so uh, then actually the movie picks up again because Charlie's Theron comes back. Yeah. Uh, through the mirror and she has right. these cool interactions with Emily Blunt, where Emily Blunt real like uh, Ravina Ravena. I don't forget her name. Yeah, whatever. Um, Charlie's Theron. <laughs> right. Um, starts ordering her troops that she wants to get back the kingdom snow white one from her. And I think it's a really cool thing where, uh, then, you know, Emily Blunt has a speech with her children that she loves clearly, even though she says she doesn't want to love that Charlie Theron's kind of overtaking her kingdom. Right. And, uh, she has these like cool, like venom powers. Like I was like, Oh, that'd be cool. Venom. And, when- if she had like the symbiote, like make knives and stuff and stab people. Yeah. And, yeah. That, she straight weird. murks some fools. It's, yeah. it's all she right. Murders people with like spider, tentacle things yeah but there's some great like dramatic beats with emily blunt and charlie's theron i mean there's some there's some missed ones as well where there's there's stuff where like you know she's like i'm the i'm the person who brought you out of the mirror and she's implying like that she could put it back but i have no idea how i agree (laughs) um it's like they had some good ideas and i swear that all these actors i think are pretty good actors yeah oh they're great and they're going what am I supposed Academy to do? Academy Award winning Jessica Chastain. Yep. It's Emily Blunt, who was in Sicario last year, mm-hmm. which was one of the best movies of that year. Like, these are four really amazing actors. 
Um, yeah. You know, uh, uh, what's his face is probably the least of them, but I, with Rush, I think that he's amazing. Yeah. So yeah, it, yeah, it's just it, it just falls apart, and then um, then they even show you in the trailer Freya and Charlie Theron character they fight. Um, yeah, and that's pretty short. Yeah, it's short. Because obviously much Charlie Theron um, kills her. And at the same time, so then like there's a big ice wall in that room again. So half like two of your characters are climbing up this ice wall to try and get over it just as a delay so that you can have the other two fight for a while. And then like one of them hugs the other and then they try to kill. They sort of kill each other sort of, but not really. And then Chris Hemsworth shows up. And, and this is this is jumping past the part where like in order to get into the castle, yeah, he, he like scales this cliff, and his plan is like he scales the cliff and then he jumps off it onto a roof. If he's trying to sneak in, like he, he's horrible, he, he's terrible. Like he falls from roof to roof and he's making all of this noise. Like I don't know why. Really, you could. He, he, he should just walked in the front door. Right? Yeah, <laughs> he should have. Like it's a terrible scene. Yeah. And I'm literally at that point in the movie, I'm like. Guys, is this your excuse for an action scene? We're at the end of the movie. Like, you got to show me like something to make this fun, and you got Chris Hemsworth by himself climbing a wall. Yeah, and then they both die. Yeah, even though, even though I think uh, Emily Blunt's death was kind of sad. Yeah, because well, yeah, because she learns. Yeah, huh? No, 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 no. Charlie's there, and Charlie's there, and uh, the the mirror gets frozen, and she cracks into a million pieces, and that was kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, but she doesn't really die because there's like a gold dove somewhere or something, so they can make a sequel again. Great. They won't. Uh, they won't. Uh, and then um, Emily Blunt uh, just like bleeds out. Yeah, because her sister like shoots her with some venom powers. Um, and, but she kind of she learns like, oh, love is okay. Uh, but I don't believe it. Like it's not it's not a cool it's not a well written transformation. It's just like yeah. last minute where she's like, oh, I'm dying now. I have to change my mind because she figures out that her sister killed her kid yeah oh or, yes. no she told she puts it together yeah she manipulated the dude to kill their kid which was stupid because like charlie saren comes back and immediately starts charlie saren starts talking about like i i did this to you like i freed you and i gave you power and like the nice the one one of the good things about the script is that they were smart enough to have emily Blunt turn around and go how what do yeah. you mean you did? Yeah, exactly. She's like, like, that's how she puts it together. And I was like, good for you. <laughs> like, man, a pretty dumb script. Like you actually did. You figured it out. She's like, I'm not dumb. Hang on. Right. Exactly. You said she had uh, like three other kids since that incident. No, no, no. no. She, she's stealing all the kids from um, other kingdoms. From and all the she kingdoms. calls them her kids. Yeah. Oh, okay. And then she, and she raises them to be huntsmen. Right. So she takes everyone's children and then she makes them learn to fight. And they they grow up to be huntsmen, um, and they, but it was just that Chris Hemsworth and Jessica Chastain they were like the best of them, right? Like they were the they no, were the leaders. And they their loved each other, so that makes them the worst. They of also them. loved each other, and that means they betrayed her. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and oh yeah, and we also like when you end up finding out that like she wasn't even in in prison the whole time. Like she she's like she is the number one Jessica Chastain becomes like the number one general for the queen as she, you know, over the years that she's been away. Um, and that's why she's so badass. Uh, but you know, yep. Uh, next week we're seeing Keanu I don't know. or green room or ratchet if, and clank. <laughs> if green room's there, I want to see green room, okay. which is weird because that's not a movie yeah. I should All want right. to see. So, so green room or Keanu. Yeah. 
Or both. Right, you I'll probably not, see them both. Be here next week, Brad? Yeah, I'll be in Paonia. Where is, is that a, is that a, is that a country? It's a town past Aspen. Oh, okay. Showing catastrophe. Oh, cool. Oh, cool. Go for Yeah. Very cool. It'll be like a Q&A that I got to do. Is it like a festival or something? Or yeah, it's something a, people can go see if they're near Peonia? It is the Peonia Film Festival. Um, I don't have any information on it, but it's, That's yeah. okay. People can Google P, 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 Peonia, Peonia Film Festival. Yeah. Great. Yeah, Good for you. Very mountain so we'll figure something out. Festival. Yeah. Yeah, I, I have a feeling I will see both. I will probably cool. see. So then you just decide whether you want to. I see mean, Keanu I want to see Green Room more, but yeah, because yeah. Keanu, I'm not a big Key and Peele fan, so whatever. Yeah, I am. So I'll go see Keanu and tell everybody that hey, it's a movie where they try to they chase down a fucking cat. Cool, and I think that's great. <laughs> so till next. Oh, also, um, I forgot to mention it earlier, but um, Mike Henderson, who runs the FP Talks, he's having a uh, seminar right. thing. Um, May 7th at the Bug Theater. Um, Robert Maxfield, who's a sound production guy from The Walking Dead, Mission Impossible 3, Twister. Cool. Um, whole, like, nine-hour affair. You get lunch and everything and uh, come down and learn how to record audio and uh, do stuff with audio in movies. Awesome. Very cool. Uh, brown paper tickets. There's a link to sign up. Cool. That's very cool. Cool. Till next week. Bye. Bye. Visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can tweet us at real underscore nerds. You can email us even, realnerds at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Hey, stream us on Stitcher. You want to call us? 720-6nerds5. And download us on iTunes. Just search Real Nerds. Thank you, Joe Kempter, for the wonderful voiceover. And also, Spark Mandrill, for the wonderful late-night jazz-smooth sounds of movies. You can find them on SoundCloud. This has been a Nebulous Visions production.